Hey, great friends. What's going on? It's Monday afternoon. And uh, little did we know that on Friday, we would have two NFL football games being played on Monday. Obviously, at the time of the recording of today's podcast, we uh, we will not have known what's going on with this Pittsburgh Buffalo game because the Pittsburgh Buffalo game will be going on while we're actually on air and, and on podcast. So we're gonna, we got a lot to get to, obviously, about the weekend. Crazy, crazy weekend of storylines. Um, and we'll get to all of it. But first, let me start off by thanking a lot of our great partners. First, I want to thank Seven Mile Casino. You know their website, sevenmilecasino.com. Alex will put up the QR code on the screen. Click on that with your phone, and you can find out everything you need to know about Seven Mile Casino. Look, I, I say this all the time. Seven Mile Casino is not a mega hotel. It's not an ultra concert venue. It doesn't have some wannabe Vegasy pool scene. It's really a place where you go to play blackjack, poker, other table games, and have a great lunch, dinner, brunch on the weekend, Sammy's Restaurant and Bar. Really, really great place to watch football games, watch sporting events. So if you want to play cards, if you want to do it in a smoke-free environment, if you want the best location in San Diego, because it's only seven minutes south of downtown San Diego on Bay Boulevard, if you want all of that, Seven Mile Casino's got it all. Seven Mile Casino, sevenmilecasino.com. And if you have any problems with gambling, you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, speaking of gambling, I got to tell you guys, last night I was watching the Rams-Lions game. And look, I was rooting for the Rams because I kind of feel like the Rams are the local story, but I don't have the passion. I don't have the um, the emotion <laughs> and the connection to the Rams that I used to have to the Chargers that I currently have to the Browns. Nonetheless, towards the end of that game, Matthew Stafford had already passed for more than 285 and a half passing yards on prize picks. I was waiting for Jared Goff to pass for more than 265 and a half yards. And I was starting to get concerned because there was about four minutes to go. And I'm like, wait a second. The Lions are going to try and run the ball and try and run this clock out. And then they had that ballsy play where who knew coming out of the two-minute warning, the Lions were going to throw the ball. And But that's Dan Campbell. That's guts. And by the way, that's what helped me win. I was so down on prize picks. I'd been so ice cold. But I went three for three this weekend. And I was able to bring back in, I would say, $180 this weekend because three plays all cost me $20 per, and I won $60 on, on each of them, including the very end last night between the Rams and the Lions. So if you've not yet started to play prize picks, there are two NFL games today to play. Get involved at prize picks. Get in the action at prize picks. Come play with us and the 7 million-plus people worldwide that are playing. They will match your first deposit 100% up to $100. There's still plenty of action in the NFL playoffs. There's NBA basketball. You can play hockey. You can play college basketball, and you can win on prize picks. It's a super simple game. You pick two players. You decide more or less, whether it's yards, whether it's rushing yards, whether it's rebounds. You're going to love the game. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. And that QR code will take you directly there. All right, one last thing before we get going. I'm on to seven days. Today is day seven of Athletic Greens. AG1, it's 75 vitamins, minerals, nutrients, superfoods, and probiotics, and it's all in one. And I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I don't get that from my food because I don't really carefully watch what I'm eating. And further, I'm not taking any vitamins, no vitamins of any kind. Here's what you get when you buy AG1 through us. You get the, um, you get the subscription. You get the five free travel packs and you get the one year supply of vitamin D. That vitamin D is super important because it comes in a little bottle. It's a tincture. You just put one drop into your AG1 bottle every day. And I know my doctor always tells me that I'm deficient 
um, on vitamin D. So for me, that's a really important thing. So get your subscription with, with Athletic Greens. It will cost you less than a cup of coffee a day. It will do better for your body than that cup of coffee. And you're going to feel energized and clear-minded, and you're going to love the product. So make sure you buy through us, athleticgreens.com slash Kaplan. All right, it's Monday, huge weekend, lots to get to. Let's start the show. Hey, great friends. What's going on? It's Monday afternoon. Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man, and we're just getting rolling, man. I'm telling you right now, what a weekend and what a day we have ahead of us here. And uh, th this past weekend was absolutely crazy when you look at a couple of storylines. One, the weather in Kansas City when the Dolphins went into KC. I can't wait to get into that story. I've never seen in a game, a player's helmet actually cracked. For all the talk about concussions and safety, to see a player's helmet literally crack in a game, I want to get into that. Obviously, a ton to get into with Kansas City and Miami. You know I'm devastated about the way my Cleveland Browns season ended. Um, last night was spectacular between uh, Detroit and, and L.A. and, and how that storyline actually materialized. So we've got a lot to get to. And by the way, I should probably also mention America's team, the Cowboys, getting <laughs> knocked out of the playoffs at home again. And you know one thing I'll tell you this before we get started? We spent so much time last week, and I think we did, and I think the rest of the country did. We spent so much time on the Rams versus the Lions, the story of Matthew Stafford. I was trying to explain it to my girlfriend last night. Think about this. This guy right here, Matthew Stafford, spent 12 years with the Detroit Lions. He took a beating. They never won a damn thing. That guy went to ownership and said, please, please let me out. And then the trade to the, to the Rams, where the Rams, who'd already signed Jared Goff to a hundred-plus million-dollar contract, both guys at one point number one overall picks to their respective franchises, and Matthew Stafford wanted out of Detroit. He got to L.A. He won a Super Bowl immediately with L.A. Jared Goff went to Detroit and was going to suffer the rest of his career. Think about, we spent so much time on that storyline, but you know, it didn't even occur to me until watching these games over the weekend. You know, CJ Stroud from Houston was incredible. And by the way, the Cleveland defense was deplorable. But think about that. You have on one side, the, a kid who's a first round draft choice, who's 22 years old, who's leading a resurgence of a franchise that has been downtrodden for years and caught up in controversy. And on the other sideline, the Cleveland sideline, is Deshaun Watson. This was his team. He was a top-five quarterback. And now the Browns go to Houston. They take on this young superstar quarterback, and the guy they guaranteed $250 million to isn't even available to play. We didn't really talk about that storyline last week, probably because Deshaun Watson wasn't playing. And the, the last one is Mike McCarthy. I can remember being at a playoff game in Dallas years ago uh, Green Bay against Dallas, that Green Bay won. And Mike McCarthy was the coach of the Packers back then. And we really, we so focused on Stafford versus Goff that we never really got to how Houston recovered in the post-Deshaun Watson era and what they did this past weekend. And we really never talked about how Green Bay was coming to Dallas where Mike McCarthy had had success as Green Bay's coach in Dallas. I mean, there were storylines everywhere and it was an incredible weekend. So 
Grande, Brown Man, it's Monday. We're just getting kicked off here from the Seven Mile Casino Studios. We're on radio right now. We're on TV tonight. We're on YouTube this afternoon. Audio podcast at your leisure. Guys, good afternoon. I can't wait to hear what, Alex, is your first thought coming out of this crazy wild card weekend with two games happening today. Yeah, I, my first thought is I have, I don't really have one that stands out the most. I do say I enjoyed last night's game the most of any of the four games. Um, and primarily because it'll never happen. But these cold weather games deprive us, deprive us of good you Gotta football. go. Like they just deprive us of what we should be watching high quality football. Saturday night, that's not fun for anybody. Yeah. Like it's cool yeah, for like no. five minutes. It's a cool story. But then we got to watch this game where helmets are cracking and the, I, the the field is literally frozen and and it's just like okay it's a it's a cool thing for like 5 minutes but i i brought it up last week and the more i see these cold weather games and the having to move buffalo's game to today and today it's disgusting in buffalo still like it's maybe worse i just think it might be worse today than the, yeah because of how frozen everything is yep. i know i brought it up last week but neutral site games is the future. I'm calling it. I think it's going to happen. I don't think it'll be all the playoffs. I do think the championship games are going to go that way because of what happened Saturday night and because of what's happening at Buffalo. Like, it's just not good football. Mm-hmm. And in a season where football wasn't good, and now you're show- showcasing how bad it is on top of, like, it was blowout after blowout until last night. And then Saturday night was just bad football because everybody's freezing to death. So yeah. I-, I just think that, I get it. It's old school. You play in the rain, you play in the conditions. Like there's a lot of like, you know, nostalgia to it, but really it's never been good games in, in weather like that. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, do we really want to see games come down to the weather? Yeah. I think Brown's point last week um, about how stadiums should have domes. I think that that opinion is picking up a lot of steam and obviously you can't go put a bunch of domes over, you know, existing stadiums, but I'll tell you this. I think, Browner, you were onto it last week. I, I think all stadiums going forward, especially those in cold weather cities, and I know, mm-hmm. you know, Green Bay, Cleveland, Kansas City, Buffalo, these cities and these franchises think that's our advantage is, is the weather. But, but I do think that I'm t- this is just a guess here 25 years from now, as stadiums get replaced, I think more and more of them will have roofs or domes because of everything you just said, Alex. Because I'll tell you what, watching on Saturday night on Peacock, which, by the way, for everybody that bitched and complained about, oh, I have Peacock, how am I going to get Peacock? I don't want Peacock. For everybody that complained about it, everybody found a way to watch. Everybody. I so, went to a bar. You did? I went to a bar. I wasn't mm-hmm. paying. I wasn't paying. I had a buddy in Vegas who said that a lot of bars in Vegas weren't showing it because why would a vegas bar have right yeah i was like go to a A sports book (laughs) a lot of a lot of uh local bars here around north park uh didn't have it on they didn't uh fair play had it on and bluefoot had it on and it uh true north didn't have it on like there are a couple of places here didn't even have it on so i was at a place where it was everywhere dude i was at nolita hall and it was packed I love that in place. there. My, it was packed. Favorite. That was a great place to watch a game. What is it? What's Nolita Hall? I don't know about it. Tell me. It's in Little Italy. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. That's my favorite place in San yeah. Diego. Hands down. Really? Raven Club. Really? Yes. Absolutely. If Never I have been. a birthday party, I'm going to have it there. Really? 
Oh, yeah, we should been. go sometime. If you've never been, I'll invite you. I'll invite you down. Wow. Well, an invite, I'll invite huh? you down. You got one drink minimum, though. Okay. Because mm. drinks ain't cheap up in there. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. No, they're I not. Know, <laughs> I know a couple people. I know a couple people in there. Your boy will take care of you. You come <laughs> down. I, I I got you got a drink on me, dog. A, a good one too. High class. <laughs> really? High level up in there. Yeah. Espresso martini. It's like North County meets Little Italy up in there, man. You will love it. You will I, love it. I, so you guys watched that whole Saturday night game, I'm assuming, right? You yeah. guys watched all of it. So I, I had to leave at halftime. So I went to a comedy show. And when I left that Nolita Hall, I was n- there was not an ounce in my brain that was like, ooh, I wonder if the Chiefs are really gonna hold on to this lead. It's like, no, they're just gonna build on it. The colder right. it gets. Like it was just, it was just, it was becoming bully ball too. Mm-hmm. Like the Chiefs just bullied. There's this video going viral of Ladarius Sneed punking Tyreek Hill on one play. Yeah, like it just, it was just. That was first of all, that's Miami football. They're the mm-hmm. opposite of the Lions. They're not tough. They're finesse. They're Good quick. Team. They're talented, which is, you know, that's their style. But man, Saturday night, I was like this. Is... And then we all picked the Chiefs. None yeah. of us ever had any sort of anything on the dolphins i don't think no. anybody was surprised at what happened on saturday night no and i can't tell you uh, how many people thought that the weather would not play an, a role in the game they both have to crazy. play in it i'm like are you guys out of your mind but forget about the weather for a second it was everything we learned last week when we were talking to doc chow about how injured miami was on defense and the strength of their defense versus the weakness of the kansas city offense and and so without that strength it was easy i mean i i i played the no no it wasn't <laughs> No, I don't. What, what was it? I, I, I I'll tell y'all this before. I'll say this again. Cole will make a coward out of many men. Yeah. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. That's what you saw. I don't give a damn who was hurt. Who the hell was hurt? Was who was playing? Do they live in Kansas City or do they live in Miami? Right. But what I'm saying is, is that like had that game, had that game been played um, in indoors, you know, um, I, I think Miami think- would have won. Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I still think Miami was way too injured. But regardless of that, what I'm getting at is this. I made my play. Um, I, I always, when we play prize picks, I can't help myself. I'm always rooting for somebody to to do more. Pass for more yards, oh. receiving yards, rushing it's yards, touchdowns. I know they always get me because I'm, a, I'm, I'm rooting for more. I don't root for less. But I will tell you this, that I had um, Tua to pass for less than like 230 yards or something like that. And I had Isaiah Pacheco to pass, or excuse me, to rush for more than like 70 yards, 65 yards, whatever it was. I mean, it was it was like easy. Like the, the Chiefs are going to run the football. They're going to try and physically dominate, which they did in their running game. And Miami is going to struggle to throw the ball because here's Tua from Hawaii who lives in Miami and they're going to struggle in that weather. And Browner, by the way, I want you to know, I was three for three this weekend on my prize picks. Three for three. I went from having like virtually no money left in my account. I think I won $180 on three plays this past weekend. So reloaded, reloaded by and ready the, to go. By the end of Saturday night, I was ready to fight anybody if I would have seen that works at prize picks. Because y'all got me. <laughs> y'all got me good on site. Y'all got me good, man. So I had, it's funny you brought this up. because I had uh, Dalton Schultz more than a, a touchdown. He mm-hmm. scores. His only catch, by the way, a touchdown. Nico Collins, 99 and a half yards. He had 96. He didn't, they took him out of the game. David Njoku, 79. He had 93. And CJ Stroud, 274 yards and a half. And I obviously I had more. He threw for 274. 
because they took him out of the game. So if he stays in, he throws a pass to Nico Collins, I'll get paid. Mm-hmm. They took Joe Flacco out. Keep him in. I get paid. Keep I'll, him I'll, in. Man, I listen, understand. When, I understand your frustration, dude. Because I, I had they Stroud out. I started screaming at the television. Yeah, well, I started cursing that head coach. That was me last night when Stafford got hurt and he went into the blue tent. I'm like, I don't believe this. He's gonna oh. wind, he's gonna wind up not playing the rest of this game. I was worried about that, and he's not gonna get. Listen, listen to these picks I have. I had Injoku on Saturday to have more than five and a half receptions. He had seven. I put him together with Isaiah Pacheco to have more than 67 and a half rushing yards, bang, he had 82. But I actually thought I made a mistake. Well, I, I intended to, ha- to play both tight ends. I wanted to play in Joku and Kelsey, but instead of putting in Kelsey, I put in Pacheco. So I was happy because I won. Mm-hmm. The second play I made was Pacheco. Um, again, I used him again and because I thought 67 and a half was easy. And Pretty then- low for that weather, yeah. Yeah, and then I put Tua together with him, and I said, there's no way Tua is passing for 230 and a half yards. He passed for 199. So on Saturday, I'd already won two plays. I'd won 120 bucks. Nice. Then, then last night, I decided at the very last second, you know what? I'm going to put a little bit of action on this game, and it changed the way I watched the game. It truly did, because all I cared about in the end was is Goff, who passed for like 200 yards in the first half. His number was 263 and a half. I'm like, oh, he's got this, no problem. Stifled in the second half. But, right, the the L.A. defense stepped up big time. And Stafford, his number was 281.5, and he passed for 311. But A.I. thought he was going to be hurt, and he wasn't going to come back in. And at that point, he was at, like, 275. So all I know is this. I've been ice cold. I've been struggling on prize picks. And all of a sudden, I went three for three on prize picks this past weekend, and my account is back up to 180 bucks. And by the way, I've won 20 plays throughout the football season. I've won a grand total of $1,042, although I only have like 177 (laughs) bucks left in my account. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. They will match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. And if you have not started playing yet, still a lot of football to go. Come get your heart broke. I know uh, we're going to get into details. Let me let me let me let me say this because I I I just because I, I, I made the mistake of betting on Cooper Cup. That's on me. I failed. What? The I'm not mad at price picks about that. Listen, I didn't know that they were now operating on the 2.0 system. I thought it was a playoff game, so we going back to the 1.0 system. Nah, they sticking with 2.0. Because if you talk about somebody who wasn't on the field, where was Cooper Cup last night? Bro, I, I've never seen someone, and I mean this with, with no disrespect whatsoever, I've never seen someone look older on a football field. Quick. Than Cup. Like, Quick. he doesn't look healthy at all. He can't move. Yeah, right. He well, looks so stiff compared yeah. to what he was two years ago. Right. Whatever. Right. Was it two years Before ago? He got he hurt. Before crown? he got hurt last year, yeah. All right, right. He looks like a shell of himself, yeah. which is, and, and I don't think it's a system. I just think Cooper cup can't move like he used to. Anymore. And, and, and talking about the system, you know, Browner used to always say that Cooper cup is a system player. Puka Nakua to me Man. is like, is like, I'm trying to think of who I would compare him to. He's kind of got, well, he's got, <laughs> he, 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 there's some, but no, but there's, there's something more to his game. He's got the Cooper cup stats. But you know what he has that that other receivers often don't have? Physicalness. He, he's got the Heinz Ward kind of tough guy. 
So does Cooper Cup. No, not not like Puka Nakua does. Puka Nakua is able to like break tackles and and run guys over sometimes. I don't think Cooper had that in his game. Okay, actually, how I many wouldn't... how many broken tackles did Puka break out of last night? Now yeah. I will give you the broken tackle thing. That's true. Puka does break more tackles. But what was the number one thing the guy at the bottom was saying about uh, Cooper Cup in comparison to Puka Nakua? Uh, that Cup was running away from guys. Yeah, yards he after catch, catch and then run yeah, yards right. after catch. Right. Puka, Puka, as the season went on, that became part of his game. And you got to learn the system, baby. Nah, to me, Puka Nakua, he's a, um, he's just an anomaly. As in, like to be a fifth round draft choice, and to have the year that he had, and then to have his first playoff game. Listen, you you look at young guys this past weekend that impacted games. Think about C.J. Stroud, who a few weeks ago. The Browns went to Houston and smashed the Texans, and C.J. Stroud didn't play, and completely different game. And and listen, you know, Browner, you told us last week that you were taking the Browns because of their defense. I'm going to tell yeah. you something right now. Take Flacco and the two interceptions, the pick six is out for just one quick second. Can't do it. Okay, but listen, dude, that Cleveland defense was so bad. Every play that Stroud made, it was like watching Alabama play against like Western Kentucky. There was never any coverage. Every guy was wide open. And by the way, Stroud missed, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, wide open, completely wide open, easy touchdown. But there were so many plays in that game where there was no pass rush and there was no coverage. And then you get into the second half of a close game and in two consecutive possessions, Flacco throws pick sixes. Dude. Game, set, match. So to me, to me, this is why I say you can't take those picks out. Because before those picks, it was a game. Before those picks, that defense, which gets turnovers, could have generated a turnover, gave you a short field, and gave you an opportunity to score in a short field, which they is what they did, did all season long. But they they never did. So this guy right. started throwing touchdowns to the other team. Well, I disagree with you guys completely. I think that... This Browns defense has been a shell of itself since Miles Garrett got hurt be like right too. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Right before Thanksgiving, Not he got hurt guy. and he played through it. And he, when you have a guy like Miles Garrett, it's like when you have a guy like TJ Watt, when you have a guy like Max Crosby, they're game Aaron changers. Donald. Aaron Donald. They're game changers. Miles Garrett, go, Scott, you watch every game intently. Has this Browns mm. defense looked as stellar no. before no. Thanksgiving as Not, it since? Not the same. They looked Not vulnerable. The yeah. And I, I just think that. You know, Flacco's made some incredible plays. They made timely defensive plays, but they've been giving up a lot of points since Thanksgiving. And that's Houston Texans. And I know you guys don't watch Texans football. I play I fantasy not. football. I watched a lot of Texans football. If you watch CJ Stroud play, you Brown, you always tell me you don't watch the Bears like I watch the Bears. Fair. I've seen a lot of CJ Stroud this year. He's done that all year. It don't matter who he plays. He's done that all year long, man. Like this kid is legit, which is why I was so shocked when you said what you said last week. I'm not trying to go back to, uh, you know, differing opinions. Fine. But this kid's been doing that all year long. He's been making plays with his feet, with his arm. Like, this kid is the real deal. And when you have a beat-up defense, yeah, he did what he's supposed to do. Dude, 22-year-old kid in his rookie season, in his first playoff game, in a city – in, in, in a for a team that had been so beaten down, so humiliated, the Deshaun Watson thing was such a, 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 a was so embarrassing for their franchise. And in one year with a new coach and a new quarterback, and I just found it, I, I didn't think about it at all last week. 
Deshaun Watson's on the other sideline. He's looking at his former team. He's looking at his replacement, and he's seeing them just destroy his current team. See, I I, I will make this very quick because we will have a. I, I think we have a large disagreements about this. That's a bad organization that got a good head coach and a good young quarterback. That's a bad organization. They do bad things from the top down. Yeah, so now I'm interested to see how much they can sustain that. How much they can they sustain this success? Because bad organizations always find a way to get in their own way. Yeah, but but they did hire the right coach for the year, and they did draft the right quarterback, and they did they they wanted to part ways with Watson as good as he had been. I mean, it, it's and he it, wanted to part ways with them. We've it, it, how many really times amazing. have we seen bad organizations? Just get lucky with a quarterback and be good. Cincinnati, you see it all the time. Well, I mean, listen, you can talk about the Chargers, who are a bad organization, who have a good quarterback, and everybody thinks that with this quarterback, you know, you're automatic, and he hasn't done anything. And by the way, speaking of quarterbacks, remember earlier in the season when many people thought that Jordan Love was not going to be a very good quarterback? Not me. Look what he did in Dallas, and look at how the Packers have gone from well, they're not really that good to going on the road and winning a playoff game in this kid's first postseason. Stick around. We're just getting rolling. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. This is Kaplan and Crew. Hey, great friends. What's happening? It's Monday afternoon. This is Kaplan and Crew with Grande and the Brown Man. We come to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios. 7milecasino.com. We obviously today are recapping what happened this past weekend in the NFL playoffs and two games happening today. This Pittsburgh Buffalo game, which as much as I was uncomfortable watching this Kansas City Miami game, because honestly, like I was cold watching it. Like I was literally wrapped up in a blanket watching this game. And I think I was colder just because of what I was watching on TV. The videos that have come from Buffalo all weekend long of the snow and the wind and the stories about how the whole city is on lockdown and today um, trying to play this playoff game. So uh, I want to get back, though. Let let me start off with last night's game, the Rams and the Lions. I'm going to start off by saying this. A, I am very, very happy for Jared Goff. B, I am super stoked for Dan Campbell and and I am really as a football fan happy for the city of Detroit and the Lions franchise because as much as we ridicule teams like the Chargers or the Jets or the Browns I don't know that anybody really has been worse than the Lions and, and mm. there was there was um there was uh there were guys in the stands at the end of the game like grown ass men <laughs> Guys were crying <laughs> because in their lifetimes, they've never seen this before. And for Jared Goff, I was trying to explain this to my girlfriend last night because she didn't know the storyline going in. And think about this. I'm explaining this to someone who doesn't know it. This guy, Jared Goff, was the number one overall pick when the Rams moved to L.A. This guy, Matthew Stafford, was the number number one overall pick to the Detroit Lions back in whatever year it was, 2010, 11, whatever it was. Matthew Stafford was a great player for the Lions. He sacrificed his body. He, uh, he, he gave everything he had until he finally just said to the Lions organization, we're not winning. I, I, please give me an opportunity to go someplace to win. 
the trade happens because the Rams have decided, you know what? We drafted him number one overall. We've been to a Super Bowl with the guy, but he's not good enough to play for us. And so they make this trade. And number one overall pick, uh, Goff, goes to Detroit. A former number one overall pick, Stafford, goes to L.A. And in year one, the Rams win the Super Bowl. And I'll never forget, I don't know why this still is a memory for me, when the Rams played the Lions in the first year of that trade. The game ended, and the Rams won, and Stafford and Goff embraced at the 50-yard line after the game, and you could hear what they were saying. And Stafford said to Goff, hang in there. And to me, as a you know, just an observer, I went, hang in there. You know what that meant? It meant like you're with a terrible franchise. You're never going to win. You're going to, your body's going to get beaten to shreds, but you know what, brother, just, just hang in there. You know, it was, Hey, I took your job. I took your franchise. We're a super bowl contender. We're going all in just hang in there. And I thought last night after the game to see Goff, who, by the way, before the game, Alex, I know we have some video of this before the game. Did you guys hear Jared Goff? Jer, I mean, give it up. The Lions fans were supporting their guy. And I know they may love Stafford eventually because he's one of their all-time greats. But he's wearing the opposing uniform. He's playing in a playoff game in your house. You haven't had one for 30 years. And he got booed. And that's what you're supposed to do. It's like I used to say to Padre fans all the time. Adrian Gonzalez is a great guy. I love Adrian Gonzalez. I was texting with him this weekend. Hey, man, I'm drinking one of your beers. Cali Dodd. Great. But when he played for the Dodgers and he was hitting three home runs, Padre fans shouldn't have been like, yay, Adrian, we love you. No, you boo him when he's playing for the Dodgers. The Lions fans got it right. They booed Stafford. They cheered their guy. Do you have that Jared Goff pregame stuff, Alex? Yeah. That was so cool, man. And then after the game, Goff and Stafford come together, and I I couldn't hear what this one was all about. But but this was uh, this was a, a professional embrace by the two of these guys. You know, twenty four twenty three. What a game! What an incredible game! And what a great storyline it was. I'm happy for Jared Goff, and I think I told you guys two years ago when the Lions were on HBO's Hard Knocks. We all got to know the Lions. We got to know Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell is like Hulk Hogan. He's like a walking, talking, um, like motivational wrestling speaker. Character. He is a character. But you know what? He created a, a, a culture of toughness. You know, and and I got to give it up to the Lions, man. This is um, they're they're this was a good team this year. They were the better team. The Rams had gotten hot at the right time of the year. A lot of people took the Rams. I know Alex, you had a huge weekend of making picks, um, and the and the the Rams covered. Yeah, but um, but the Lions were. Let me the say, players. let me say this is just get like my personal feelings out of the way, and then I'll analyze what I saw last night. Personally, this is that was the worst weekend of football that you can have when your team's not playing. To see the Packers win convincingly and Jordan Love look great, annoying. To see the lowly Lions that I've never had to worry about in my life be a good team this year was like, ah, oh. but then they like win a playoff game and nice things are happening to them. Miserable. The <laughs> bears have the number one pick or they have a decent quarterback. They seem to be on the up and up. They finished the same record as us. Miserable. 
as about it for a Vikings fan, it's about a terrible week, as bad of a weekend as I think you can possibly have. Uh, because we are the least we have the least amount of ammo going forward. Uh, we don't have a top pick. We don't really have a quarterback under contract. Uh, so that's number one. That's me personally. Secondly, my Chiefs Lions Super Bowl pick looked pretty good this weekend. Like I, I said it week four, and I, I, I genuinely do not believe that this is a possibility. I don't see it particularly happening. But Chiefs Lions, who would be mad about Chiefs Lions in the Super Bowl? That's just awesome. That's not so, going to happen. Hey, listen, I went 4-0 this weekend. You don't know anything. I know everything. Keep flying. <laughs> looking good. You did go 4-0. Right, I'm going to tell you something right, right now. I, I think we got to stop. We got to stop giving your picks away. We're, we're giving your picks away for free. We've got to start. What's a 1-800 number? No, dude, he needs a. He yeah. does. He Like 1-800-Grande-Damas. Yeah. Behind yeah. a paywall. go put his picks behind a paywall? Got it. Yeah. Brown. Come on, Browner. Look. Hey. Yeah. Brown, say, yeah. Brown look. Mm-hmm. Let me show you the numbers. Let me show you the numbers, and then you decide what we should do. Okay, help help a brother out here. Let's do some business. Okay, here's what the numbers look like when it comes to our NFL picks. We're we're all doing well, but I got to give it up to my boy. Okay, here here's Alex's past weekend four and zero, and for the season thirty nine twenty and three. Honestly, you can go find go show me the top handicappers in in football, and I'd love to compare your totals versus their totals for me and Browner. We both went two and two this past weekend. I have, I'm two games better than 500. Browner is six games better than 500. So if you followed us, you made money, but if you followed Alex, you might, you might be calling Gary Cooper to buy that new house. I already did. Here's here's the, here's the problem with, here's the problem with this. Tell me these are for fun. There's no pressure on these picks. There's no, that's no, that's no, Cash on the line. No, now the question is, my dog. if we if we put some help. listen, listen, if we put some hard cash on the line and we just gave this man a lot of money, said, "Hey, bro, you we saw what you did last year. Bring mm-hmm. us home for the playoffs. Bring us home, Mister Four and Hit hit twenty grand. Bring us home, man. Listen, can he do it? Can he do it? Has we he put done some it? pressure on him? No, 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 no. This is free pressure. This is monopoly money pressure. Oh, I'm talking about it, we put some yeah. real pressure on you. That's assuming I get a hundred dollars. I get Assuming you I'm not calling my bookie and putting my thumbs on the line. Listen, listen, listen. I give you a hundred. I give you a hundred. <laughs> you putting your thumbs on the line, huh, dog? Hey, dog. I don't I, sometimes this house just got to be put up for auction. You know, you never know, man. You feel strong. I met, I met this man. I met this man. He ain't putting. He ain't betting that much money on no game. I met him before. That's why I love when I love when gamblers and handicappers say units. Like, oh, I put one unit on it. Hey, what's your unit? You know, like right. you tell, like that's what that's just like like the coward's way out of saying like how much you put. You put one unit, five bucks. Oh, cool! I put ten units on this thing. Okay, great. What does that mean? Tell me how much you spent. Mm. Anyways, uh, as far as last night goes, um, I listen. Matthew Stafford was knocked out on that floor. Yeah, and if yes. this is a regular season game, there's yeah. no chance in hell he comes back into that game. Right, because his eyes were rolling backwards in his head, and he Chris had, Collinsworth was like, Collinsworth was like, "Hey, I don't want to speculate, but safety though, that did safety. not look good, man." But he had a uh, he had locked fingers. He was staring at the at the at the roof. That man was concussed, unconscious, and and they let him back in the game because it's the playoffs. That's like that is it. And the fact that they even kept it close with Puka going in the blue tent, with Cooper Cup looking like he's 60 years old, with Kyron Williams like breaking his hand. Like the fact that, that the Rams did he really broke that, his hand? 
well, did you see the tape job that they had on it? Like, the dude, he had like a full on like cast at the end of the fourth quarter there. I mean, he didn't I, play. They had, was it Ronnie Rivers? At yeah, the end Ronnie of the Rivers actually played pretty well for a guy that yeah, but Kyron, off the but bench. Kyron Williams, if you see these plays that they run, Kyron Williams lines up directly behind the center and a left guard for blocking purposes because they need him. And when they didn't have him, they were put, they were applying pressure to Matthew Stafford when it counted the most. And it really was terrible timing for the Rams. That's been their story, right? Be healthy. They win. They weren't healthy yesterday. They lost. I think the Lions have a lot of flaws defensively. I, I don't trust them. Um, I think that they get to host. I believe it's the Eagles or the Bucks, right? Like they get to host either one of those. So I like the Lions, but there's a lot of flaws in that defense and I'm not convinced yet. So that's what I'll say. If the Rams were healthy, I do think they win that game. And if you want to really have a real deep down breakdown discussion, punting in the fourth quarter at that part of the field with four minutes left. Yeah. That's very unshawn McVay. Well, and that's the, everything we've been credit. Everything that we've can't. given credit for Dan Campbell for is they have an identity. They always do what they're supposed to do. They don't flip flop what they are. They go for it on fourth down. They went for it on fourth and goal. They got a touchdown. Sean McVay, he is notoriously goes for it and he punted and he went into his shell. But, but if hold on you, real quick. The Rams. Say one thing really quickly, Brian, one thing red zone, the Rams scored nine points. The Lions scored 21 points early in the game. The Rams kicked a short field goal, and I said it then. And I this has been my philosophy all the way through. If you're on the road in the playoffs, you should never kick a field goal that is shorter than a PAT. A PAT is 32 yards. If you are inside of a PAT and you're a road team in the playoffs, you should be going for the touchdown. Three field goals, and if you look back at the box score, I think all three of them were shorter than 32 yards. So – the Rams have not only had kicking issues all year, but to kick short field goals on the road when you are deep inside the red zone, especially early in the game. Late in the game, I understand you got to take the points because you can't go down 11 should because you were down four. You got to kick the field goal, be down by one. Hope if they score a touchdown and kick a PAT, you've still got a two point conversion if you can score a touchdown. My point is, we've seen this movie before. When you're on the road and you kick short field goals, bad decision. That's it. That's it. No, I was going to talk about the red zone and efficiency. So, <laughs> oh. oh, I was talking about field goals. Same thing. Well, surprising though. Very surprising that McVeigh did not go for it early in the game. Did you guys feel that the Rams at the end of the game, I got this vibe and I didn't get it leading up to it, but I definitely got it after they were just happy being in the playoffs. They were just happy that they made it. Like, yeah, we weren't even supposed to be here and kind of worked out for us that we made it this far. That's the vibe I got. And that's that was very disappointing Like, to, to just be, like, happy that you're a wild card team. I know that you weren't expected to be a playoff team, but were the Texans? No. You know, like, so it's just like, I, I just got a vibe that they were just happy to be there. It's very, like, loser mentality to me. And I don't I, know what gave, what gave you that vibe because I didn't have that vibe at all. Because I mean, those guys they battled till the very end. And your point about look, you had you had Kyron Williams get hurt in the game, you had Puka go into the blue tent, you had um, Stafford get hurt during the game, you had Tyler Higby who almost like broke his leg in half in the game. You know, they're tight end. So I, I don't know what gave you that vibe. I, Brown, do you have that vibe? No, I have no idea what he's talking about. Zero. Like they got ass kicked. Like the Lions, Lions, the new Lions, Lions. Like they played hard at home. They had the crowd behind them. Uh, what no one's talking about it. Aiden Hutchinson had like 50 pressures. Like that guy was going after the quarterback. 
Like the, the Lions played a good, solid Lion game that we've come to expect from them this season. And I just thought the, the Rams, you know, if Cooper Cup gives you nothing and Puka Nakua really appears to be your only target, and then Matthew Stafford gets treated like a rag doll where he's in and out of the tent, you're not going to win. And that's what happened. And I, they I thought, lost by one point, by the way. Yeah, they came to play. The Lions were just a point better. Yeah, that second half was the most surprising. Uh, and what gave me the what I feel is all the post-game commentary. It wasn't like anger. It wasn't really even disappointment. Sean McVay was just like, these guys, you know, they gave me my life back in coaching and they, they motivated me so much. It's like, what are we talking about? Well, like, let's hear it. Let's let's hear a bunch of this uh, McVay post-game. Let's, let's actually go through McVay. We'll hear Goff. We'll hear Stafford. Let's, let's take a listen to all this. Yeah, here's the first one. Um, but man, did I learn a lot and really appreciate this group. You know, they uh, they helped me find my way again and, and how much I love this and love the people that I'm around. And, and it certainly is always about people. It's these players, these coaches. Yeah. Here's uh, McVeigh talking about Stafford and his performance. And I wouldn't want anyone else as our quarterback other than Matthew Stafford. He was outstanding. He was gritty. He was gutsy. He made tough throw after tough throw. The rush was barreling down on him, and he stood in there and, and was dropping, you know, dimes all day. And, you know, we just came up a little bit short in the red area, but he certainly gave us a chance. And we would have never been in this situation um, without Matthew Stafford's leadership, his guidance, his resilience. Um, he was one of the main catalysts for what was right about this football team. And I know, uh, I know he'll be excited about coming back next year as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I really thought a year ago I was and at this you know after the season last year I was like you know what Matthew Stafford needs to retire he's he's too beat up he can't stay healthy he makes too much money Rams need to start over at quarterback um, if I'm being you know honest about it I was proven way wrong way wrong and I think Matthew Stafford's probably got another I mean presuming he can play 14 15 games like he did this year he's he still looks good Matthew Stafford looks fine. I would go, I'd go back to Matthew Stafford and feel comfortable going back to Matthew Stafford. Prove guys like me wrong for yeah. sure. I don't know you see hits like that. And by the way, how was that not a roughing the passer? But when you see hits like that, and then you see his age, and then you see he's got like four daughters under the age of like five, you're just like, yeah. bro, you really want to keep doing this? Yeah. Like you really need to keep coming out here and and like his hand is is destroyed. His right hand is destroyed. He keeps hitting it on, on other players' helmets. Like I know, right? I don't know, man. I feel like when you get to a certain age, all, all those hits start looking heavier and heavier. You know, they don't really bounce back the way you used to, which is, you know, it's natural. But damn, man, he got he gets beat up. The Rams got to draft nothing but linemen this offseason, dude, because if he's going to be your quarterback going forward, you got to protect him. And right now they don't do a very good job of protecting him. Yeah, I'm just looking back at this game from last night. I'm looking at the uh, scoring plays, and um, I'm just trying to figure out, like, why why did McVay at no point go for any of these, you know, these short red zone scores? You know, he really, he, he really like, played a very conservative, um, kind of old school, not aggressive style, which, you know, shocking, really. Here, mm. Let's hear what Stafford had to say after the game. Uh, yeah, so he was asked about being booed. It was a good playoff atmosphere. Um, you know, obviously it was a loud crowd. I thought we did a great job communicating the whole day. Um, it was a good playoff atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And then he was asked, hey, so the city, you know, this is their first playoff win in, in 34 years. You know, how do you feel about, you know, the fans of Detroit? How do you feel about the city of Detroit? 
I'm happy for the players. Happy for those guys. <laughs> the shade. The shade. Happy yeah, for I the mean, players. This, yeah. I mean, people were like burning his jersey, dude. People yeah, were like, and, you know, and by the and even his his wife is so outspoken about everything. And she's like, I can't believe that there's a ban on on Stafford jerseys at the game. Nobody's putting a ban. It was just a a, a social media movement. Don't wear your Stafford jersey. <laughs> Look at Browner. Browner got his hand. I mean, come on, girl. Like this is your first playoff game in this city in 30 years. If you have a Stafford jersey that's a Lions jersey, you don't wear it to that game. What's so hard about that? I don't know, man. You want to hear from Goff? Sure. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. This, uh, the people here are special, man. Um, I'm grateful, and um, I'm grateful for for their support. And uh, and, and today, with the circumstances that were there, um, it, it meant a lot, and it was it was special. Mm. Mm. Yeah, not a lot, not a lot of juice in these post game press conferences. <laughs> Well, all right. So that game was, uh, that was the game of the weekend. No doubt about it. Everybody else. I mean, it was just motorboat city, dude. I mean, Houston destroyed Cleveland, uh, Kansas city just beat up on the dolphins. Um, uh, green Bay just ham slammed Dallas. And we're talking about Locker. last night's game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dallas was a seven point favorite. Didn't feel good about that game at all. Stayed completely away from it. Uh, but it does lead Surprise to a lot you guys. Of you guys both picked Dallas to win that game. I was yeah. shocked on Friday. I thought Browner for sure would like. He's been calling the Cowboys frauds all year. I I was shocked you guys picked them not only to 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 win but to cover seven points. I was like, all right, dudes. Like I that was the least to me. That was the least surprising by far. The least surprising result of the weekend was the Cowboys doing that. Wasn't even close. Like that was. Nobody watching that game, even if you picked the Cowboys, was like, wow, this is really happening. No, this is Dak Prescott. This is the Cowboys. This is what they this is Mike McCarthy, dude. This is what they do. Yeah. Well, let's let's go deeper into that game next. And also, you mentioned McCarthy. Should do we all assume McCarthy gets fired now? Of course. Assumed, yes. I'm surprised he hasn't been yet. That's what's surprising. And, and this the talk about Belichick to the to the Cowboys, I don't. I don't know about that. And then also the talk about Harbaugh to the Chargers, which that interview is supposed to happen today. Let's get into all these stories. We're in the Seven Mile Casino Studios. Stick around. This is Kaplan and Crew. All right, great friends. A little, little halftime update here. I uh, want to mention a couple of our great partners. Number one, Gary Cooper, Mountain Trust Realty Services, 858-376-1299, 858-376-1299. I have um, I get notifications and emails on Zillow and every day they're sending me properties and I keep thinking to myself about me and I think about you guys too because so many people want to buy a house and like my son for example 23 years old fresh out of college came home to San Diego looked around and went dad I, I honestly can't afford to live here unless I'm living with you I said you know what man that's okay Southern California is going to be here forever Dick Emberg used to say to me all the time Kaplan San Diego will be here forever. Go make your money and come back to San Diego if you want to. And that's the same for you guys too. If you want to be a, a homeowner in Southern California, it doesn't have to necessarily be purely in San Diego County. It doesn't have to be coastal North County, San Diego. There are ways and there are places where you can afford to buy a house. How? 
you talk to Gary Cooper, 858-376-1299. He has all the programs, all the plans, because I know what you're thinking. I don't have 100 grand to put down. I don't have 250 grand to put down. There are ways to buy homes without big down payments. Talk to Gary, 858-376-1299. And I want to encourage everybody one more time. If you've not yet started to play prize picks, you got to come play with us. Because if you just go to prizepicks.com slash great friends, they match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. You know the story by now. I'm so happy that this weekend I won three of three. That put $180 back into my bank. I was down to like 57 bucks. And, and as I was making plays, I think I got down to like $17. So I reloaded my account by making some really good plays this past weekend, including last night, both quarterbacks passing for more than their prize picks numbers. Prizepicks.com slash great friends. They match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. And with the NFL playoffs happening right now, now is the time to play on prize picks. All right, let's get right back to it. All right, great friends. Hey, it's Monday afternoon. This is Kaplan and crew. Got Grande and the Brown Man. We're coming to you from the Seven Mile Casino Studios, sevenmilecasino.com. At the end of the last segment, we started talking about the Cowboys. I don't know. Alex, you said that was like an easy pick and you're not surprised. Um, for the for the for the Packers to win, not shocking necessarily because the Cowboys have been so utterly unsuccessful in the postseason for the last 30 years. Um, and I'm not a Dak Prescott believer, but I gotta say, I mean, to have Green Bay go to Dallas and beat them down the way they did, I mean, that to me was surprising. Browner, why the heck did you and I both take the Cowboys? to cover the seven points in that game. What were we thinking? That Mike McCarthy knew his job was on the line. That Dak Prescott read every <laughs> press clipping about him ever written that he's, that he's not good in the playoffs. That the Cowboys have heard everyone call them frauds for years. That's what I thought. I thought this was the perfect cupcake opponent. A young quarterback. Uh, young weapons. Relatively young head coach in Matt LaFleur, if you take out Aaron Rodgers. This was a first-time stage for all these guys in, in leading roles. And, you know, they, they came out smoking. And Mike McCarthy should be un unemployed by the end of this show. Like, I don't really understand what's taking so long. <laughs> what? I, I don't get it. You guys saw Jerry Jones after, yeah? Like, Crying. he was he legit. He legit was surprised by it as well. And I'm like... Yes. What did I what did I miss? Like what did I what did I miss recently that would lead you to believe that it was a lock that the Cowboys were going to win this game? The Packers have been playing pretty decent football to finish the season off. Jordan Love has been pro no joke, and I hate saying this, probably the best quarterback since like week 11, week 10. Like dude's thrown like one pick in the last 8 weeks. Like I just have we all saw every time the Cowboys played a good team what happened to them, right? Like we all saw it. We all saw them get all demolished all year anytime they played a decent team. But they were like, home I, where they'd been so good this year, you know? Yeah, that's where they mm. choked the best. That's where <laughs> right. Tony Rumble, that's where Tony <laughs> right. Rumble fumbled a kick up for like a kick or whatever oh, he's holding. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, like this is where this is this is where they shine, man. At, right. at Jerry World. I um I gotta go back. Do you guys remember when the Cowboys signed Dak Prescott? Uh, to a monster extension. And I can remember, Browner, you and me being like, what are they doing? Mm -hmm. And and I understand, look, I get it. Most teams don't have the guts to move on from a quarterback that's been their starter and that they drafted. 
But Dak Prescott wasn't a first-round pick. Look, I the Giants signing Daniel Jones to a $45 million a year contract, oh. terrible. But it, it's just because you don't have the courage to say, look, we drafted him, we've paid him, we've cultivated him, we've won a playoff game with him, now's the time to move on. Most teams don't have the courage to do that. When Dak Prescott got the big money from the Cowboys, he was coming off what could have been a, a catastrophic bone break in his ankle that we all remember. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to Dak Prescott's credit, he has come back from the injury. He has put up big numbers. But when it comes to the postseason, my man does not win. And, and as for Mike McCarthy, you know, Mike McCarthy, it's just so typical. Here's a guy who had a great organization and a great quarterback in his prime, won one Super Bowl, and will live the rest of his life on the one Super Bowl. And everything I said earlier about um, Sean McVay and kicking chip shot field goals, you, when you kick three field goals in a game on the road in the playoffs and all of them are under 30 yards, you had to at some point go for it. Mike McCarthy lost the Green Bay Packers and lost Aaron Rodgers in Seattle when he did the same thing McVay did this past weekend. And he's been able to live on that one Aaron Rodgers Super Bowl and this was supposed to be the year where Mike McCarthy was going to re, you know, things were going to get straightened out in Dallas. I'm with you, Browner. I'm surprised that he's still employed as of this yeah. afternoon. Uh, Alex, take us through what McCarthy has done here. This is wild to me. I had yeah. no idea until they said on the broadcast yesterday. He's gone 12 and five each and every year he's been in Dallas. He won the NFC East twice, this year included. <laughs> he's one and three in the playoffs, though. They only won last year against Tampa in the wild card. They mm-hmm. lost in the wild card this year. They lost in the wild card in 2021. In 2022, they did make the division loss to the Niners. That's wild to me. I had no idea, no recollection of the Cowboys being 12 and five every year under Mike McCarthy. Me neither. Two division titles me and neither. just choking in the playoffs. That is Cowboys football. If you tell me in my lifetime, what is Cowboys football? That good in the regular season, choke in the playoffs. Yeah. But this tells the main thing that this tells you is that. There are two levels of NFL competitiveness. Either you're rebuilding the team or you're going for the Super Bowl. There's rarely middle ground. There's rarely middle ground. So if you if you go 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5, and you come back home after the first round, but your hat in hand, you unemployed. Period. Because now we built the team because you sustained winning multiple seasons. If you can't return some playoff wins or some Super Bowls, if you give me one Super Bowl, I give you that by you three years. That by you three years. But you come back to me 12 and 5, 12 and 5, 12 and 5. No playoff win, no playoff win, no playoff win. I can't help you. You gotta go get another job, man. You gotta go. Why get does Mike, job. why does Mike Tomlin have a job then? Because you're right. You're absolutely right. That's a great question. That's a why, great. Mike and Mike Tomlin's getting praised. Is it because he's not he had Ben Roethlisberger for most of his career? Yeah, the last yeah. two years he's he's had to figure it out with lesser guys, but if I'm looking at like Mike Tomlin's career, like yeah, I've been in the Super Bowl in a really now, long I'll time. I'll say this: if they get blown out tonight, like the Cowboys, because that was a blowout. Don't let the final mm-hmm. score fool you. Don't let Dak's numbers fool you at the end. Oh, that game was a Dax blowout. Numbers? <laughs> Yo, you see Dak's numbers, boy. dude? Woo! Four hundred and three yards and three touchdowns, dude. Yeah, Bro, you'd have thought he was. That game was hanging by a thread, and he was just gunslinging, keeping them alive. Well, Man, let me ask you guys. Let me, let me ask you guys this question, though. Because I thought it was an interesting comment after the game. 
They asked Dak Prescott about Mike McCarthy's future as the head coach of the Cowboys. And Prescott said something I'm paraphrasing like, well, if you're going to fire him, shouldn't you also be firing me? He said, he said, if Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat, then so should I, then I should be too. Something like that. And, and he's right. Isn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, plus his, so, and plus his contract expires after next year. 100%. He's on the hot seat. Absolutely. So here's what I would do if I were Jerry Jones. And I don't know that I'll do this, but this is what I would do. I'd ride it out one more year. With what? I, I'd keep mm. the coach and the quarterback. Can I, I push would. back immediately? Yeah, go Immediately? Only because, and I disagree with you, only because of who's available this year. Okay, so let me ask you a question. That's a great point. Okay, so le but let me ask you this question. Um, of the available coaches, and I think you're talking about Harbaugh and Belichick, and I guess maybe throw Pete Carroll's Pete name into it also, okay? Um, of those and, three guys. And Nick Saban. No, just for Dallas. Just, just for Dallas. Just for Dallas. Okay. Nowhere else. Okay. Just for Dallas. So, so, so let me ask you this. Do you think that Bill Belichick could walk through the door in Dallas and have Dak Prescott as his quarterback and in one year go from a 12 and five team that can't win a home playoff game in the wild card round to winning a Super Bowl? Could, could Bill Belichick do that nah, for the Cowboys? Man. No, no, no. No, unless the unless a different Bill Belichick showing up, not the one that we not the one that we're familiar if, with. If Bill Belichick, the coach, is the only guy you hire, then I then think maybe you maybe maybe I genuinely think so. I think Bill Belichick's biggest flaw in New England was his Bill Belichick, the GM. Bill unless, Belichick, the DM, the GM was was terrible. Bill Belichick, the GM, was awful. He never drafted a like standout breakout superstar in New England. Like nobody. Nobody in New England is a superstar, and that's Bill Belichick, the GM. But you watch the Patriots play football. Is it good? No. Do they ever get blown out the way the Packers just did? I mean, the, the Cowboys just did? Not really. Like, didn't they, they, they get blown, out, well, they they get blown out that way by the like, Cowboys this year? No. They did. During the regular season. They did. They got the doors blown off by the Cowboys. This is. Uh, let me just say this because I want. I don't want this show to turn into what the other shows turn into. What let's put show? some. Let's put some smelling salt. <laughs> let's put some smelling salt under the nose of this program, yeah. so we're not like everybody else. Because you know, because we're death row. That's right. And everybody loved my hoodie last week, Browner. I wore that hoodie. Everybody commented on that hoodie. <clears throat> Buy one then. So what I will tell people is this, and this only: the same reason why I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to the Chargers because they won't cut the check. You think Bill Belichick going to work with Jerry Jones? Because that's the GM. He not like Robert Kraft. He not going to let you not talk to him for a week. That ain't how it works with him. So I, there are certain par portions of these conversations that are like unicornish. Like, oh, let's pretend like Jerry Jones isn't the owner. A guy who couldn't get along with Jimmy Johnson, who gave him multiple Super Bowls. Like, let's not forget these things. Because these are very mm -hmm. important things. That's why I don't think Bill Belichick's going to work in a lot of places. Because the owner of the, a lot of these teams, they want their voice heard. And he mm -hmm. will ignore you because he's got rings. Yeah, I just and think I, that the I'll, guy that we see in press conferences isn't the guy behind closed doors. I genuinely believe that. And you I guys know you. and you guys it. know this about me. It always comes down to money, Dave. And if 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 Jerry Jones cuts that check, ain't no way Bill Belichick says no thanks. I'm not saying I'm not saying Bill Belichick won't take it. Right. I'm saying that, that as a partnership. That's not going to work. Well, and I'll, I'll pile on to what you're saying, Browner. Here's how I know that that won't work. You see, um, Belichick 
when you think of who, where does Belichick come from, what what coaching tree does Belichick ourselves? Come from? There you the go. The Belichick coaching tree. No, no, but but no, Belichick no, no, before no. before Belichick. There I don't was want to hear about ball. something from twenty five years ago. Oh well, no, but ago, but, but it's but it's it is was absolutely pre six rings, brother. Man, it's a data uh, point. It is a yes, data point to prove that that Parcells, who was himself a multi time Super Bowl champion, okay, was able to ride that wave kind of the way McCarthy has ridden the wave. And, and everybody believed that Bill Parcells, he knows the formula, including Jerry Jones, who believed that he knew the formula and Bill Parcells preceded Bill Belichick. And I think Belichick is cut from very much the same cloth. And I just don't believe that Jerry Jones will hire Bill Bell or even attempt to hire Bill Belichick because of his experience with Parcells at the end of Parcells' career. Here's what I'm getting at. You push back, I'm going to push back to you. Mm -hmm. Here's what I would say. The reason Mike Tomlin continues to be the head coach of the Steelers is because Steelers' ownership believes in consistency. And, mm -hmm. and they're not like other franchises. Like Philadelphia, for example, there's all this talk that Philadelphia loses tonight. Nick Sirianni will be fired, and he's been there. Now that's what, crazy two, to me. Two that's three crazy years? to me. Is it, is it two years? Maybe three years. My point is, is that Certain franchises preferred consistency. If I were the Cowboys and I've gone 12 and five for three straight years and I've got one more year left on my quarterback's contract, I would keep my quarterback and my coach and I would try to run it back by improving the team. But I okay, wouldn't wait, go get okay. a coach thinking that with one year left on my quarterback's contract, he's going to come in here and turn things around. Here, here's where I have a problem with that. because, And I'm going to make a comparison with that. Because the Chicago Bears are in a similar situation. I'm not saying because I'm a Bears, I'm just telling you from a from a, a a visual standpoint. I think that they should run it back with what they have because they seem to be on the growth. They're on the uptick. Their quarterback's on the uptick. Their coach appears to be on the uptick. This seems as if Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott as a pair have plateaued. This is what they are, and we know that. Because they've been successful, but they can't get over the hump of success. This feels like Tony Dungy coaching, 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 and then John Gruden coming in and winning. So I don't necessarily know if switching the quarterback out, it will be the difference. Or, I mean, the coach out will be the difference. All I know is this pair doesn't work. And I don't know who, who the who is. It might be both of them. But what I do yeah. know is Mike McCarthy cannot come back. Well, I would say this. When when Jerry Jones hired Bill Parcells, Jerry Jones is probably in his 60s, early, early 60s, right? Now he's 81. Now he's 81. Yeah. Bill Belichick's 71, 72. If this happens, they made the it, same age. it would have to work because it's each of theirs last shot. And they would have to be compromised knowing that we're in this together. We got to do this because it's our last shot. Same reason why, you know, like I think Arthur Blank is going to go all in. You know, you're 81 years old. Like, who knows how long you're going to be around for? So that's my only, that would be my pushback to you guys saying that it wouldn't work. I think it would work because they have to make it work. If that's the if that's the route they choose to go to, they'd have to be a lot of compromise. And I genuinely believe, genuinely, the guy that Bill Parcells was in the media, Bill Parcells was in the locker room and in meetings. The guy that Bill, that Bill Belichick is in public is not the guy Bill Belichick is 
behind closed doors. I, I agree with that. I've told you guys a story about the interview that I've seen where Belichick sits down with this guy named Ray Dalio, who is like a very famous uh, business executive and you know now a famous author and podcaster and everything else. And the interview that Belichick and Dalio do together, you see a completely different side of, of Belichick. And your point about Parcells so me, is a wait, fair so let me, one. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Both of y'all. Let me ask y'all a question. Go ahead. So question. how could he be Tom Brady's coach if that's not true? A portion of it. I think he's that way with his players. I don't think he's that way as a person in his life. I think with his players in the business setting, I think he is like that. Because how could you have Tom Brady as a quarterback with multiple Super Bowls with him? And they were saying they never even went to dinner. They never even talked. How could you win this many Super Bowls with your owner and I, and, and and barely have a relationship with him? Like at that press Same conference, way we do it, dog. They, they we never hang out outside of work. And we're, that's not but true. I, we're dope. But I, that's well, not true. No, we don't hang out with you, sucker. Yeah. See, me and yeah. Brown are hanging out. That's why. Yeah. So you're because you're, you're Belichick in the secret. So which one are you then? Uh, yeah. I don't care. You grab me, whoever. <laughs> like at the end of the day, did Kobe Kobe go to dinner with Phil Jackson? No, it just like it don't matter, man. Listen, so apparently Plus, Tom Brady is the Bill Belichick. Like, he's a dick, too, to his team. I'm out, like, I'm out on Belichick. <laughs> Belichick hasn't won since Brady left. I'm out on Belichick. That's all I'm saying. Here's my so thing. So you're Belichick. So you're Belichick then, dude. You're yeah, Belichick. you want to hang out with us. Yeah, right? you. I'm, I'm Tom Brady. He's no, Robert okay. Kraft. No you're, you're, no, you're Randy Moss. I'm Randy yeah. Moss. <laughs> and I'm Tom Brady. There we go. <laughs> desperately want to talk to you. Here, I definitely want to be Tom Brady. <laughs> if it's not Belichick, then, like... Can you really? Representation you said anymore. you said you're gonna run it back, right? <laughs> or Ronnie? You said you're gonna run it. You want to run it back? So we're literally doing the definition of insanity. Like literally, you're bringing him back for a fourth time. Dude, well, right? I'm, not, I'm not doing All right. that. I'm not doing. Well, that. let me ask you guys this question. So, so let me just ask this then. Um, your point is a fair. I, I think it's a good point actually. Like, if you're Jerry Jones, you have to explore based on what's available. You're right on. Saban is is. Probably not going anywhere. He's probably no. going to ESPN, but at least the Cowboys might kick the tires. Belichick is somebody that that because Jerry Jones has gone after these Super Bowl champion coaches thinking they've got the formula, Belichick is probably on his radar. Throw in Jim Harbaugh's name. Let, let's just spend a minute mm -hmm. on this. So the, the reports are that today Harbaugh is meeting with the Chargers. And my guess would be, because all the reports have been, Harbaugh's going to meet with the Chargers. It's the first interview that he's going to do. Here's here's Schefter's, uh, Adam Schefter's tweet. Go ahead, Alex, if you could read this for everybody. Harbaugh's meeting later today with the Chargers in his first interview of this hiring cycle. A decision is not expected to be imminent for either side. Harbaugh will be deliberate with any decision he makes about his future. The Chargers are still going through a, going through interview process and have other candidates that they plan to speak with. Right. So, so I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to walk into the chargers offices. And by the end of the day, the chargers are going to go, Hey, can we, can we just have a minute for a quick second? And, and the Spanos boys all walk into a room together and they go, dad, we should hire this guy. We should absolutely hire this guy. And I doubt that, that Jim Harbaugh goes, Hey, give me a minute. And he sits there with Don Yee and he goes, Hey Don, this is the place for me, man. We, we this is the spot. I should absolutely take this mm -hmm. job. So whatever they come back with, let's, let's make the jump yeah. right now. I don't believe that I believe in them. Yeah, I don't I don't believe that either side will be ready to make a decision today, but more specifically, I don't believe that Harbaugh would be ready. Harbaugh to me is going on tour. Um going on tour to eventually make Michigan bend the knee 
and give him whatever he wants for however again. he wants. Yeah, again. Again, there's a sec. This will be his third straight offseason where he's going on tour. Because two years ago, yeah. I thought the Vikings were going to hire him. Right. Because that was like being reported. And then they went with Kevin O'Connell because Harbaugh went back to Michigan. But if I'm but if I'm Harbaugh and this is my first stop along the new tour, the Cowboys job based on who the owner is, the stadium, the market, the money, it's it's worth consideration. So I understand how many city saying. tour, how many city tour are we talking on the on the Harbaugh? I did it. Now let me go get this money tour. All the good how jobs list, all the good jobs. You're talking about LA, Dallas. Washington, Atlanta. Atlanta. That's good. That's a solid yeah. tour right there. Vegas? Yeah. No, Vegas. Got to put Vegas on the tour. No. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Because Antonio Pierce is doing the same thing. Antonio Pierce is like, "Are you sure? Yeah, I'm gonna go the, interview in Tennessee. I'm gonna go and, interview and, in Atlanta." And did you see Max Crosby's comment this past weekend that if Antonio Pierce is not hired by the Raiders, he's immediately gonna seek a trade? It's like, bro. Oh, please do. Please, uh, you're also out of contract in a year too, so you might be gone anyways. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to think that you have that much control. And by the way, that's the worst thing you could do is listen to the players. You know, they, of course the players love the guy. You know, but it's it would be the worst mistake you could make is listening to the players on this on this side. Anyway, listen, we'll, we'll keep it going. We got a lot more we still want to get to. It is it is fascinating though that Harbaugh is because there has to be mutual at least a little bit of mutual interest if you're going to meet with the team. I don't think so. I no, don't think man, so. it's about getting money. It's about getting paid. So. I think this is about, you know, if you're the Chargers, you want to do your due diligence. And if you're Harbaugh, you want to create as much leverage as you can, be it to go back to Michigan or to get another job. That PR spin better be than that. We're going to do our due diligence. If you're the Chargers, you got Harbaugh in your building and you don't get him, good luck selling that to your fans when you go hire another offensive coordinator. Yeah, right. Good luck. You best start working that PR spin now, dude. Yeah. Uh, doing the due diligence and you don't get Harbaugh? All right. All right, listen, we are in the 7 Mile Casino Studios, 7milecasino.com. If you're looking to play blackjack, poker, and other table games, have a great dinner, lunch, brunch, you're looking for a terrific place to watch the games, seven minutes south of downtown San Diego, smoke-free environment, you're going to love it, 7 Mile Casino and 7milecasino.com. We got so much more to get to. Stick around. Hey, great friends. This is Kaplan and crew with Grande and the Brown Man. It's Monday afternoon. It has been a, a great show so far today because it was an amazing weekend of sports. In fact, I got to tell you guys, um, my girlfriend said to me on Saturday night, she's like, are you okay sitting at home? Like, do you want to go out? Do you want to do? I'm like, <laughs> no. And, 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 and then last night, Sunday night, we were watching, <laughs> this is after the Rams and the Lions, we were watching an episode of Reacher. And I was like, Ooh. I'm totally happy like the the weekend to me like i love i love being home you know what i mean like i don't need to be out every weekend i don't need to be at bars and restaurants i mean i had plenty of social time last week i went to a laker game one night last week i went to the belly up for a concert one night last week it doesn't have to be a friday or a saturday night but i will just say this when you have these wild card weekends where there's so many football games and they're all individually on, you know, you're not watching seven games in the early window and four or five games in the late window. Every game is a standalone game. What a weekend of like sports viewing started on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. I was watching San Diego State play New Mexico. Ugh. 
Grande. Oh, oh man. Oh, Aztecs baby. basketball. I mean, to, to go on the oh. road on big CBS against an unranked conference opponent and get beaten down. What was it? There was like a 17-0 run. To end the first mm. half. Oh, my goodness. In fact, I swear to you, I was watching this game. And I like I, I saw it on the screen because we were having like a little brunch after a nice walk that morning. And I'm watching the game and San Diego State's up like, I don't know, 32 to 24, something like they that. They were up by 12 and they lost by 18. Yeah. So we're watching the game, but we're now we're talking. So now so the game's on over here and we're having a conversation here. And Rachel goes, Oh my God, the Aztecs are now down. I went, down. They were up big. How could they possibly be down? Yeah. A monster run by New Mexico. Yeah. What Impossible. happened to your Aztecs? Uh, uh hopefully. Hopefully, mm -mm. New Mexico didn't give the conference the recipe, the blueprint on how to beat us because they literally, yeah, he, it's like the DAC line. Yeah, Jaden Ladee finished with 15, but that was the quietest 15 you could ever have. Like they shut him out and shut him down, and that offense was stale. That offense had no movement. It was all one on one ball. It looked, it was putrid. It was genuinely bad 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 basketball on both ends defensively just not with no intensity new mexico blocked like 15 shots like 15 maybe even more i gotta like go back and like they, they were and i will not even bring up the refs because new mexico just outplayed them in, in general yeah and when the, the score were, like that you can't you can't bring yeah, the refs on the score but that the refs out. were they were terrible all the way around but all refs dude. suck man i'm telling you right now that cleveland uh game against houston there was a pass interference penalty that was as clear as day on Njoku, and they didn't call it. Um, there was a penalty on uh, Miles last Garrett. Night, the game didn't oh. end on the PI hold yesterday. <laughs> Dude, if you show the uh, video of, of Puka Nakua, Puka is coming back to make a catch, and the defensive on. back for Detroit is like grabbing onto his like undershirt, you know, and yeah. and and hits him before the ball ever gets to him. Point is, is that you know, there were so many pass interference calls that were missed along the way referees in every sport at every level. You guys are all yeah, horrible. Awful. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, to go back to San Diego state brutal loss, uh, out of the top 25, they're 27th. I think, uh, they're uh -huh. still ranked in the coaches poll, but, uh, brutal loss. That's a difficult, difficult place to play. But I mean, New Mexico had the energy, New Mexico had the, the vibe all day. They came out flat and they just turned it around. So props to New Mexico, man. Like they have a legit offense. They got a lot of guys. And what really bothered me, because, you know, when your team's losing and it's a national broadcast, the instinct is to be like, the broadcasters are favoring New Mexico because I'm a classic fan. But Bill Raftery was just like, kept pointing out like, this dude has played like crap and now he's playing good for New Mexico. And I, like every guy on New Mexico is like, he's been awful. But look how good he is today. And that made the loss even worse. So yeah. there you go. Brutal loss. But now they come back home. I think they play uh, on Wednesday here at Viejas before they, I think they have like a really no, no, no. Yeah. So they play on Wednesday here against Nevada, eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. And they got another national primetime game on Saturday again on CBS at Boise State. Oh, wow. The only upside <laughs> to that, the only, the only upside to what happened to Single State this weekend is if you look around the docket, a lot of teams a bunch lost. of, a bunch of, a bunch of really, really important teams lost really badly to unranked teams. So yeah. I think this, I mean, I still think it sucks that they're not ranked now all of a sudden when everybody went down this weekend, but I understand it. Hey, so let me um, let me get us back to the NFL playoffs. You know, we've talked a lot about the Cowboys. By the way, Gonzaga lost brutal, brutal. Oh, yeah. They lost this. Yeah. 
uh, dude, I don't even know who the hell they lost. It was not a good loss. <laughs> like, it was just not a good loss for San Diego State. Not helping. Not watched, helping at all. I can't believe it, but I watched some of like USC versus Colorado. This was like, I want to say Saturday night after the Chiefs game, I think, mm-hmm. um, because I was watching the Lakers get pounded by Utah. And I was watching. So you just like watching all the James boys lose. Well, you know what it was? It was this was Saturday. It was like San Diego State in the morning. Then it was the Browns and the Texans, which was a heartbreaker for me. Then it was the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And when the Chiefs Dolphins ended, I moved over to the Lakers and the Jazz. And USC was playing Colorado. So I was like, okay, you know what? LeBron keeps talking about how Bronny James can play for the Lakers right now. I turn on the USC game. It's late in the second half, and Bronny James is sitting on the bench. I mean, he is not an impact player of any kind thus far his freshman year at USC. So LeBron is either a delusional father or he's just taking his shots at his teammates, which I kind of think he's both. Um, I think he's just I think he's just being a he's pulling a LeVar ball. Yeah. That's what the Lakers doing. fired Darvin Ham yet? No, that hasn't happened yet either. What so. you mean? You watch every game now. It's after Christmas. What you talking about? No, but I'm just wondering if they fired him. That's all. Who yeah. oh oh here's the here's the fun question. Who gets fired first? Darvin Ham or Mike McCarthy? Oh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I think Darvin Ham is well, at least he's got more. Mark Mike McCarthy. There we go. Fin- okay, finish, well, you're saying, you're saying. Fin- that's finish, the, finish the Mike McCarthy thing. I want to talk about Kansas City and Miami for a mm-hmm. second. Um, finish the Mike McCarthy thing, though. Just we didn't play the Jerry Jones soundbite. <laughs> Let, let's just at least look you at could, Jerry Jones. You tell me, like, this is like a genuine answer. This isn't just like, you know, owner speak. This is a genuine heartbreak for Jerry Jones, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, it seems like the, uh, the, the most uh, painful uh, because uh, we all had such great expectation and we had hope for this team and uh, uh, thought that we were aligned in a great shape, in great shape, and uh, uh, it didn't happen for us. And it's as fresh on me right now as it is on anybody else. But I don't, uh, I won't get into uh, any uh, of the uh, addressing of any aspects of it, any part of it. From uh, the coaching to the players to what's around the corner, uh, uh, on a personal basis, I'm, I'm forward. And so, uh, uh, not that there's any world's smallest violin for me being forward. I get that. I understand that. And uh, I know where the responsibility starts and ends. And I've got that real clear, and I know that. He's saying, I'm floored, by the way, if you couldn't hear it yeah. properly. He's like, I'm floored by the loss. It's like, yeah, I know. He goes, there's the world's smallest violin. No one's playing it for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, let me go to this Kansas City Miami game because we haven't really talked too much about this. It was so unbelievably cold at this game. And I, I got to give players credit, man. Guys who go out there <laughs> without sleeves on, without like neck warmers on. I don't know how you guys do it, man. Because when I was in college and I, you know, I played in a cold weather city. And we had some cold games and we had some cold, wet games, but nothing. I mean, nothing like what, what they played in, in Kansas city. Alex, you just put it up on the screen. You can put it back up. It's it's, it was the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL behind, you know, the Cowboys and the Packers in Lambeau behind the chargers and the Bengals in Cincinnati behind Seattle in Minnesota at the old, well, I guess it was the new uh, university of Minnesota football stadium as they were building that, that new stadium. And then this is the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL. Guys, I can never remember ever seeing a player's helmet, the plastic shell, crack in a game like Patrick Mahomes. Look at, we're watching video right now. 
he lowers his head. He goes helmet to helmet with a Miami DB and the helmet because of the temperature <laughs> just freaking mm. breaks, dude. That is just an unbelievable thing to me to have a broken helmet. That's how yeah. cold it was. <laughs> how how did the people's how did the players' bones not do the same thing, dude? Like that is I wild. Thought, I thought it was wild how he said the backup helmet was frozen. Yeah, they couldn't even get it on. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's why it looked so weird when he had it on. He said we could it was frozen. So I don't know if you guys seen the fans' videos. So if you bought a beer, it would freeze right away. And you know, like so when it's in a cooler, it's that's the temperature of the drink. It's whatever's in the cooler because it's a closed box. Right. Look what happened as soon as you got like a water bottle out of the cooler in Kansas City. It, it would immediately freeze. So yeah, for those of you on radio, right. you have to come to our YouTube show. You have to see this. This girl, Watch I guess, goes into a refrigerator. There's Budweiser's. There's uh, Kona Brews. I'm just looking at the cans. She grabs a bottle of smart water. She pulls it out of the refrigerator. Figure the refrigerator is, I don't know, 40 degrees, right? Mm -hmm. She pulls it out of the refrigerator, and it's minus 25 outside. Pulls the water bottle out, and as she's holding it in the air, the whole thing completely turns to a block of ice. I've This is like a science experiment. I didn't even right. know this could actually <laughs> happen. I'm surprised the bottle doesn't, like, break. First, yeah. Well, you know. They don't break. They don't break in your freezer. It just becomes a block of ice. It becomes a weapon at that point. Oh, it's like when it's, it's like when people go outside and they throw uh, water in the air when it's yeah. really cold out and it turns into snow. Like, yeah. but that's crazy to just what like it's already cold in there, and you can visibly your eyes can watch it freeze over. I mean, it's a pretty cool experiment, but but let's play a football game in that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We, yeah. Look at the look at the most out of the fastest yeah. team we've ever seen play football being the Miami Dolphins. They'll be fine. They'll be yeah. fine. Tyreek Hill's not wearing sleeves. How about, how about the here. whole how about the Taylor Swift story this past weekend, which is every game really? she shows up. Really? Yeah, no, really? she shows up. They have to show you that 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 she where she shows up, how she shows up, etc. And then Adam Schefter, I couldn't believe he did this. Like, bro, are you a are you a, an NFL insider or are you now like a gossip reporter? Adam Schefter um telling the world how Taylor Swift got her Travis Kelsey jacket and how it's the um the the wife of one of the 49ers players. It's Sicky, I think it is his name. Uh I don't I don't know how you pronounce his name. Um, a lot of letters. Yeah, right. There's a lot of J's and Z's and Y's and everything else in that last name. And then they show Taylor Swift in the game doing some kind of like, what, what is this roll dance they do in Kansas City that I don't know about? Oh, you didn't see that, Alex? Uh, listen, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. listen, don't. It's called swag surfing. It's 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 not meant for that flavor of people. Which flavor? But but they're welcome to use it <laughs> because it was offbeat and it was done poorly. But swag surfing is a very old thing. It's funny to watch it be done by people who aren't great at it. But nonetheless, I'm glad they had a good time. You know, um, after that game, that Kansas City-Miami game, I turned over to um, so the NFL Network. Don't play this for Browner. Don't swag surf. Look at no, Look at T-Swizzle. Look at T. I mean, Mama Mama Kelsey. Mama Kelsey. Look at Mama Kelsey getting down. She ain't got no moves. Oh, brother. She calls. Like, All right. Here's my – Here's I have a question for Browner. Were you upset last night of all the shots of Eminem? No, I love Eminem. He's a national treasure. We should talk, exactly. we should talk about him more. I love Eminem. I don't get exactly. It. 
I love exactly. it. To some people, Taylor Swift is a national treasure. Well, Listen again. They didn't. They were you know who she's in. You know who she's a treasure to? The NFL, because those <laughs> mofos put that game on Peacock, and that was the number one downloaded app of the day of the weekend. They had twenty three million. That was going to happen. Watched, no, no, stop, stop. That was going to happen regardless. Oh, really? So you don't. So you don't. Okay. If they would have put Texans Browns on there, you don't yeah. think it would have been the most downloaded app of the day? Come on, yeah. Man. But it, really? I don't know if it would have gotten. Yeah, I would say the Swifties accounted for at least a million. At least a million. <laughs> That's probably fair. Yeah. Hey, I, yeah. I just game, found man. it funny. Like Eminem was on the pre-show. Eminem was on the video board. Yeah, Eminem was right. on the broadcast. Eminem He's was He right, right, But I just, in my opinion, it's like this is what television networks do people get so entertained don't like taylor swift and i get it if you don't like taylor swift you're annoyed by it but if you love eminem you loved it last night i did and there was a bunch of people watching last night they're like who the hell is eminem why do i keep showing this kid eminem yeah is that really his real name eminem time out time out (laughs) If, if anybody if anybody didn't know who eminem was where you been well, I mean, I even, promise even, you, people tuned in yeah. last night not knowing who the hell I'm. And, like, and by the way, just you that. looking at his face with the beard and everything, they were like, yeah. "Who's that?" First thing yeah. my wife said, "That's Eminem." Yeah. Oh, he must he must dye his beard now. I was like, "Oh, 100, he dyed." And I think beard. one of the guys on Sports Center, I think it was John Anderson or somebody, said something like about Mom's spaghetti because they did yeah. show like the spaghetti sandwich in Detroit, mm-hmm. and um, and John Anderson was like, "I guess everybody's gonna need, you know, not everybody needs it to be explained." He goes, "But I do because I don't have any any Eminem in my phone." So, whatever. Um. <laughs> One thing, though, about that Kansas City-Miami game, I turned over to the NFL Network. You know, I love Chris Rose and Maurice Jones-Drew um, in the post game. Oh, I think those man. guys, they are the funniest. They have taken over for for um, uh, Chris. Oh, God, I can't believe I can't get his last name out. And Tom Jackson. Um, Chris. Chris Berman. Thank you. Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. Pair, man. They were great. Chris but I, I, love, uh, I love now the Maurice Jones-Drew uh, Chris Rose pairing on ESP on uh, NFL Network. Did you guys see the video that went viral of of them? Did you see this, Alex? Did you, have you seen this video? Okay, wait, hold on. We got to replay it because nobody could hear it. And it... Okay, Chris Rose <laughs> says to Maurice Jones-Drew, "Is it possible the Chiefs could ride the D, meaning that their defense?" Is so strong. Is it possible they could ride the D? And Maurice Jones Drew goes, Well, I think. And then he stops and he looks over at Chris Rose, like, Ride the D? Really? And Chris Rose goes, You know, the defense. That's what I should have said. That was awesome. That was hilarious. I love those two guys. Ride Bombastic that. Bombastic side eye, as the kids say. That is an epic, epic. I love when memes become a thing. Yeah. You know, like, this is an instant meme. This is an instant gift. Oh, yeah. This is fantastic. This is, I love it when I get to see it live. Like, oh, that just became a meme. Yeah, it was That's hilarious. Awesome. All right, let me do this. Um, uh, real quick, let me share with you one quick stat. Yep. This is insane. To me, it's insane. Patrick Mahomes, that's his 12th playoff victory. Mm-hmm. He's only been a starting quarterback for six years. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes has the same amount of playoff wins as Aaron Rodgers. He's got more than Troy Aikman. And if he wins next week, he will now tie Roger Staubach, Brett Favre, and Ben Roethlisberger for playoff wins in his sixth yeah. season. Wow. And if he wins two more, he ties Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, Steve Young, Peyton Manning. And he's and all of his playoff wins outside of the Super Bowls have all been at home because he's never played a road playoff game. How about that? That's impressive. Right, so, he might this year he might have to. 
Yeah. Let me do this. Let me get to a highlight of the day. And I'm going to, I'm going to hand the highlight of, of the day over to Browner. I'll explain here in one second. Let's, let's get to a, a Tory Holistics highlight of the day. It's time for the highlight of the day, man. Do you want to get high, man? I'm just really high. All right, promo code is better, bud. When you spend a minimum of $75, you get 20% off your purchase at Tory and California Holistics with the promo code better, bud. So um, today is Martin Luther King Day. And Alex mm-hmm. said to me last week, should we take off on Monday, the holiday? And I was like, I don't think that's a good idea given the amount of sports content that happened over the weekend. So I'm glad we didn't take the day off. But Browner said, no, we work on Martin Luther King Day. Browner, mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about it because there was so much that happened over the course of the weekend. Any thoughts, feelings, feedback, anything you want to tell us about where you're coming from on a day like this? Anytime we get to celebrate any African-American achievement in this country, I am all for it. You know, I missed representation on this show, but there's no more prouder representation that I have than Martin Luther King, who is what this country should stand for. He believed in equal rights for everyone, men and women, regardless of their color, regardless of their religion, regardless of their background. And he just simply strived for equality for everyone. And for me to be, you know, feeling like I'm a reflection of that equality, I feel like Alex is the same. Being a Jewish man, which a lot of people do not uh, give credit to the Jewish people who stood alongside Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., I think we we all need to use this day as a reference to what America can be and not lose sight of what it has become due to the political strife in this country. I hope that we all going forward can continue to try to extend this day in every day of our lives as opposed to looking back on this day once a year as a reference point to a great person in American history and what he did and not necessarily his outlook on what he wanted. Just blows my mind. I, I, I guess when I was younger, I never really thought about this. But when Martin Luther King died, a young man was, was killed. He's a very, very young man. You know, so last week we were having this conversation about young people in sports, you know, like, um, you know, guy gets a head coaching job and he's the youngest head coach in the NFL. And they go, well, he's four months younger than Sean McVay is, you know, uh, and that's Jared Mayo, the uh, the new coach of the um, of the New England Patriots. Patriots. And we were talking about how young people have kind of taken over. And I mentioned to you guys that um, Theo Epstein, when he became the general manager of the Boston Red Sox, you know, he was a. He was a front office up and comer with the Padres and he was 28 years old. But when Martin Luther King Jr. died, I don't remember exactly how old he was, but I just know that when I read it, I want to say like 36 years old, something like that. 39. 39. To be 39 years old and to have had that impact at that time and to have Mm -hmm. had that impact ever since. Wow. I mean, this is not some rock star who, you know, had mental health problems and committed suicide and is, you know, <laughs> celebrated 25 years later for their music. Right. This is somebody who was a very, very young person who um, created a lot of change. He really did. And had and had his life taken away because he believed in equality. Yep. So, yeah. Well, uh, for those that are celebrating today, and I'm not talking about people who just work in, in places that are closed today, but for those that are, are really thinking about this, hope you guys are out there and uh, enjoying this Martin Luther King Day. Um, hey, listen, let's go get uncensored. For everybody who's radio, who's on radio with us, we got a lot more to get to. Podcasters, uncensored time.
All right, great friends. Hey, this is the halftime exclusive here on Cox Your View. So whether you're in San Diego, Orange County, Palos Verdes, L.A., uh, Santa Barbara, wherever you're watching, we're glad you guys are here. This is where we usually get into stuff that we don't have time to get into during the radio broadcast portion of the show. So, uh, and it's always brought to you by Prize Picks, PrizePicks.com slash Great Friends. You can click on that QR code and you can go right to Prize Picks and make some plays for uh, for the NFL playoffs, for the NBA games that are going on. I mean, if you're really into it, the NHL. But Alex, just as we were getting ready to come on, you said you had some breaking news. So what's going on? Yeah, Browner, pay attention. Back to you. How so? USC star quarterback Caleb Williams, a potential oh, man. overall draft selection, has declared for the NFL draft officially. Yeah, finally. Damn. I was hoping he'd stay. Really? Yeah, man. I don't listen. I don't want the guy. He's gonna be. A, he's gonna be a good NFL quarterback. I think. I don't think he's gonna be what people think he's gonna be because he's six one and he fumbles and all his plays are out of the pocket. And I just don't think the way that people are projecting him. Like you don't get to play Arizona State in the NFL. So that the, his highlights of him running out of the pocket and juking guys. That's not gonna work at the next level. It's just not. And so can he play on time? I'm not 100% sure about. So I think he'll be good. I don't think he's going to be Patrick Mahomes level good. And so therefore, I, I, I agree don't with want you. Him. I don't want I, him. And I think, and I think in Southern California, I'll, I'll be more specific in LA. I think people have so overhyped this guy and great. Yeah. He, he had one really phenomenal year. He won the Heisman trophy. He came back this past year. He was I, great that year. He, he was great right, that year. He was. And I and I remember reading an article during the year in the LA Times from Sam Farmer, who, who's, you know, their longtime NFL reporter. And Sam Farmer had done an interview with a variety of um, scouts. And he said, what more do you want to see from Caleb Williams? And they said, well, we want to see this, this, and this. And a lot of it was, I'm, I, I'll have to go back and find the article, but a lot of it was, let's see what happens to him when he gets down. Let, let's see what happens to him when things aren't going so well. You know, let's see what happens when the team isn't steamrolling other teams, et cetera. And I think that there are a lot more questions about Caleb Williams now than there were at this time a year ago. I and agree. and I, I also just think that he's been so overhyped that I don't think he will be what, every, what the overhypers believe. The overhypers believe he's Mahomes, he's Lamar Jackson. I hope for the kid's sake he is. I don't believe that I he do will too. be. I don't believe that he will be. And I also, I will say this. Um, my questions about him are not exclusively just football questions. A lot of my questions about Caleb Williams are, and, and I think he's a product of NIL and transfer portal and the new world of college football. I think he's a product of the current state, but I wonder if that sort of collegiate prima donna attitude, if it extends into the NFL. Because I, I thought last week there was a comment from Eric Spolstra, the coach of the Heat. I'm paraphrasing. But it was like, dude, everybody now, especially these kids, they think that it has to come to them right away. And if they don't get instant success right away, I'm leaving this school and I'm going to that school. I want more money. I'm going here. He, he, Spolstra just made a point about how the world of college sports has changed so drastically and how it has changed the mentality of the kids. And to me, Caleb Williams is kind of the poster child of, of how things have changed and what happens when you're a star and you got commercials and you got money and you're one guy on a team when everybody else is just sort of a college student and, and you're a superstar and a millionaire already. Let, let's I'll say ask this. The guy who, I was about to say, let's ask the guy who actually watched almost all his games when he was in a USC uniform. 
not not the numbers, not the numbers, the person. Yeah. I would say, first of all, I have a word of advice for any quarterback that wins the Heisman and is eligible to go to the NFL draft. Go. Because at the top of my head, Tim Tebow, Matt Leiner, Caleb Williams all came back after winning a Heisman and were immediately the most scrutinized athlete Mm -hmm. in college football the next year. Mm -hmm. Because everybody knows you now. Everybody expects something from you now. And to live up to that expectation of being the best player again is very difficult to do. Yeah. And Matt Leiner dropped in the first round. Tim Tebow dropped a significant mm-hmm. amount. Caleb Williams is probably not going to drop as much as those guys, it, but you never know what the way it plays out. Right. For is he me, guaranteed to be the number one overall pick? I don't believe that that's the case. Depends. I think it he depends. Is. Depends what the Bears do, personally. I think, I think he's the number one regardless because nobody's yeah. trading up for these other jokers. Yeah. I, I think Michael Penix hurt himself. I still haven't oh, seen Michael Drake Penix. May throw. I still haven't seen Drake May throw a ball. Uh, Jaden Daniels, <laughs> like Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix. Ma- He's Michael second round Penix, pick now. He's he is not pick to now. me. Look at us, Browner. Three weeks ago, we're like, how is this not the Man. number one? <laughs> no, but man, Michael Pen- boy, Ma- the difference the game can make. Michael Penix is not, in my opinion, like a starting NFL quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. To me, he's like a Dorian Thompson Robinson. I may be proven wrong, but I don't. I just don't see Michael Penix as a starting NFL quarterback. Um, Drake May, who you mentioned, you know, I did see a bunch of North Carolina play because I watched the Got ACC. Um, but you know, and by the way, one little side note. We'll get back to to Caleb Williams in one second. But one little side note. Um, how about the coach from Washington? You know, I don't know that we got to it last week, but leaving oh, yeah. and going to Alabama, he's the guy. That guy. You know, when my when my son was home, we were watching the national championship game. He had one of his buddies with him, his his roommate, and um, that kid was recruited to go to Eastern Michigan. He played his first year at Eastern Michigan um, and was a freshman when Max Crosby was like a senior just working him over. But the coach, this DeBoer, he was the coach at Eastern Michigan, but he left after recruiting him there, and he went to Fresno State. He was at Fresno State for a couple of years and then made the jump to Washington. And then he's at Washington and got him to a national championship after a couple of years and makes the massive leap to Alabama. Think about that. Eastern Eastern Michigan, Fresno State, Shot at glory at Washington all the way to Alabama. And that dude, that's like a six, seven, eight year period of time. Yeah, Sioux Falls, high school, Sioux Falls again. Like, that, I'm just trying to remember his, like, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, this man crazy, about the Brady Hoke that thing. This man from the Brady Hoke that thing. We don't need to talk long about it. That's the one I know people are recognized. He about the Brady Hoke this thing. How's a man so. named Kalen going to work in the South? Mm. Like I said, like I said, <laughs> he'll be back. Um, <laughs> It's a uh, for me personally. I think that you know last year we got to see a lot of quarterbacks drafted in the first round, but they didn't really get the full multi-year NIL experience. You know, we didn't. CJ Stroud didn't really like. You didn't get to be a legit millionaire for multiple years and still live in college mm-hmm. or still be in college. Caleb Williams is the experiment, in my opinion. Caleb Williams he's number is, one. He's the first. He's, he's the, the first guy coal mine. who who has been driving a Ferrari, who has a b- ridiculous penthouse in downtown LA. The guy that's already been a superstar, who's already gotten paid, and who now gets to go to the NFL and see if he could do it to that level. For me personally, I know a lot of people don't agree. I didn't mind the way he handled everything last year. I didn't mind that he wore his emotion on his sleeve. I didn't mind that Lincoln Riley protected him. I didn't mind that stuff. And that's my quarterback on my team. That's whatever. That's my quarterback. I think that he, the quarterbacks always get the blame for it. Justin Herbert gets the blame for his record because he's that's the quarterback, the business. even though there's that's that's the business. business. The USC defense was atrocious last year. And Caleb Williams, 
besides Notre Dame and Utah, Caleb Williams still played very well against like Washington and Oregon, like those final games. Yeah, they lost, but he was still out there throwing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns against Washington. Like he was still a very good quarterback with very limited offensive line and a terrible defense. For me, I think Caleb Williams is going to be a good quarterback, but it's all dependent. And I'll say this about any quarterback taken in the NFL. Where do you go? Right. And this whole thing, though, about Caleb Williams, like don't go to Chicago, extending this whole decision till today, the last day that you have to declare another problem. Well, it just it just seems like either a he really likes show business or B, he really thinks he's in control. I I said this last week when this whole conversation was happening. Listen, if you're trying to decide if you're coming out because you're worried that the Chicago Bears have the first pick. You shouldn't do that. What you should do is you should you should strive to be the number one overall pick. And if you don't want to play for the Chicago Bears, you do what Eli Manning did to the Chargers. You tell them, hey, I don't want to play for you guys. Mm-hmm. So and I will not report. I will not play for you guys. I'll go, okay. back, I'll go back into the draft the following year because that's guess also, what? I got I got plenty of money already. That's also if you believe everything coming out of wherever it's coming from. Well, like, it's if, right. And and, and I don't if. know for sure. I don't know for sure that so, that's what's so, okay. So before we run out of time for the people on TV. If you're at home and you're watching this, ask yourself a question. If you were considered the number one pick, what what took so long? What took so long for you to announce? Unless you've been living in L.A. too long and you love the drama. Or or you really don't want to play for the Bears because you look at their organization, you look well, at their coach, too. and you go, I don't want to play there. But here's what you do. I mean, Marvin Harrison you, just announced on Friday. What's the big deal? <laughs> like, well, who cares? It ain't but the last I, day. Yeah. Well, anyway. All right, listen. Stick around. We got a lot more to get to from this past weekend's NFL playoffs. This segment of Kaplan and Crew being brought to us by Prize Picks. Make sure you hit that QR code and get into Prize Picks. They'll match your first deposit 100% up to 100 bucks. Stick around. All right, time to get uncensored. All up in this biatch. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a weekend of sports. I mean, like if you're a sports fan, and I don't even mean like hard, hard, hardcore, but if you're a sports fan, for me. Saturday morning, 11 a.m., San Diego State versus New Mexico. 1.30, uh, the NFL game between Cleveland and Houston, which I didn't talk a lot about today. Just crushing, man. I mean, just to lose a game like that, and and it's everybody. It, it, it's Flacco and the two interceptions, the pick sixes. It's the defense. It's the lack of, of coverage. It's the lack of pass rush. I mean, just just everything went wrong for the I really Browns. wish you would have watched that game with Lawhead just for COVID. Oh, dude. Well, Law- Lawhead. Oh, man. Dude, Lawhead was sick, you know? And I said to him, I go, It made him sick. Well, no, no, I he was sick before. And I go, I go, Lawhead, I go, you got COVID? He goes, I don't know. I go, well, did you take a test? He goes, I'm not taking any tests. He goes, I'm done with COVID. He goes, I've already done my time with COVID. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I ain't yeah. done with you. I go, well, bro, I go, if you have it, they have medicine for it now. It'll make you better faster. Paxlovid. Mm-hmm. So, so if you got COVID, the answer is Paxlovid. What a commercial, man. Ooh, I mean, God. talk about rhyming. Who wrote that? Yeah. It works. So, um, yeah, Lawhead did not watch the Cleveland game with me. And um, and then after that, you know, was the Kansas City-Miami game. And I told you guys, after the Kansas City-Miami game, I watched the Lakers. I watched USC basketball. It was a great your, Saturday of did sports. Did your back hurt from sitting so long? Um, not really. It was great because <laughs> my, my girlfriend had, a like, a birthday party to go to on Saturday evening. So she left, mm-hmm. and I was by myself just watching nice. games, man. It was Eating awesome. Eating good. Eating yeah. good in the warm. I thought – I know you guys don't watch this shit, but like I even got a little uh, soccer in there Sunday morning at eight thirty. I woke up. Wow. Manchester United versus wow. Tottenham start my day. Wow. And then I had a nice little break there. So is I it the playoffs? Lot. Is it a Tottenham playoff? 
There's no playoffs in. So they're not in the playoffs. No playoffs. Is it By a way, cup of some what, sort? Did you watch? Did you watch basketball this weekend? Dude, listen. I didn't want to say. Is it this. the playoffs? Is it the playoffs? I listen, I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say this <laughs> but, because I didn't want to get looked at all weird. While you were watching USC Colorado, yeah, so was I. But I was watching no USC women Colorado. Juju Watkins. Mm. But wasn't that Sunday or was that also Saturday? It was yesterday. It was Sunday. Yeah. No, no. I'm saying I watched Colorado USC Saturday night. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying I was watching the women play. Yeah. Juju Watkins is unbelievable. Listen, listen, listen. Was it it's playoff? in season? It's an American sport. You gotta wake up. If you gotta, if I gotta set my alarm to watch you play, morning. I don't need to do it. Is it eight? I don't need to morning? do it. Who won that you, game? You said you had to wake up. Who won Colorado USC the women? Oh, yeah, I had to physically wake up. USC. That's my watch. And she's yeah. that good, huh? This Juju Watkins, man, huh? dude, she's the best freshman basketball player, female basketball player of that height. I think I've ever seen. How tall is she? Uh, that that's six one, I think. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe and she she's is an, awesome. Yeah. And what was the kids? What's the kid's name at USC? Um, who was the number one high school recruit from Atlanta? Basketball? Uh, yeah, basketball. They they because remember they got Bronny James. Oh, last him year. and Bronny. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't remember that. I know, kid. isn't that amazing? Like, I don't know who that kid is. I don't even know what kind of impact he has on the team this year. None, any at all. Clearly. Well, I don't know None, if he does. Clearly. I just I'm not watching that much. I'm only watching USC basketball on occasion just to see if, if Bronny's even contributing, which thus far he has not. And and by the way, this weekend for for in the NFL, the one thing I would say I took home, and, and tonight we'll probably hammer that home, is you need an overwhelming team to win at this level of the NFL. This is not just quarterbacks, man. The, the, the way that Green Bay smoked Dallas, that was a team win. The way that the Texans did their thing, that was a team win, both sides of the ball. Yeah. Now more than ever, the team needs to be well-rounded. It is not just a one guy, oh, the quarterback can save you. This ain't, this ain't that no more, man. Yeah. You got to be well-rounded. For you guys, though, as, as a Bears fan and as a Vikings fan, you guys celebrated when Aaron Rodgers left the Packers. They've gone from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and now to Jordan Love, who many people early in the season thought was going to be a mess. And Not now me. this guy, this guy has now in his first season as a starter, gone on the road and won a playoff game at a stadium that had 90,000 people in it yesterday. And listen, I'm not saying that the pack because the Packers are going to play the Niners next, right? Is, is that that's yeah, kind of already and gets, done? And gets ham slammed. As they probably, pro- probably so. I mean, the Niners are going to be well rested. They're going to be home, etc. Maybe, maybe. I mean, listen that that's why I, I I have not yet really called my boy to talk about this Cleveland game. I'll tell you right now, if I were a head coach in the NFL, and I understand there's evidence as to why you don't do this, but I would do. Here's what I would tell you: in the last week of the season, regardless of whether playoff position is wrapped or not wrapped, I got to play my starters. This is not, this is not the preseason. You know, I got to, I would have played Joe Flacco in week 18, not because I need to win the game. I just would have played him to keep the energy, you know? And I just, I, um, I, I I I believe throwing those picks regardless, dude. Yeah. yeah, but well, and I guess listen, those it, were it, rust picks. Those I mean, were, oh god! If anybody, if any, if any, a team besides the Rams should have been happy to just be there, it's Cleveland. Like use five quarterbacks, dude. Like five quarterbacks. Yeah, like that. Line. No one's, no one in Cleveland right now is like, fuck. Yeah, you know, well, like you should be like, damn. Like right. I can't believe we even made it there. Right, because right. especially quor- that city. Five quarterbacks. Four of them were winners. The entire offensive line beaten and bruised all year long. Yep. 
You lost your number one running back in Nick Chubb, who many people think is the best running back. Almost in immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they're, what, I mean look the, at Amari Cooper after one catch. He was limping everywhere. He, who, he clearly who, wasn't healthy either. Who had a more surprising result this year? The Browns or the Rams? Oh, the Rams. The Browns. Uh, see, see, I think I think it's the Rams because last year the Rams were awful and injured. This year they came back. Matthew, they, Matthew Stafford basically had to tell them, hey, I'm playing. I'm not retiring. So once they yeah. got over that hurdle, then you didn't know what you were going to get from Cooper Cup because he wasn't even back yet. Puka Nakua comes out of nowhere. This running back comes out of Aaron nowhere. Also. And, and, and now all of a sudden the coach is now rejuvenated. And these guys show me how to love football again. So for me – I thought the Rams' progression and uh, the the emergence of Nakua basically fitting the prototype of what Cooper Cup was, and then you get basically you get this running back who's a light tie girly light. Now you just got to figure out the quarterback position to get, and it looks like Stafford can play another couple years if you oh, protect them. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it was the Rams more, way, 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 way more for me. Uh, for me, I don't think the Browns. I don't think the Rams were a bad team last year. I just think they were ridiculously injured. Like, remember, we talked about this last year. All five of their offensive linemen at some point wow. ended up on IR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What team is winning with that? You know, like, I think the same thing. The reason why I think the Browns is the biggest shocker of this football season, why Stefanski's going to win, is because you don't win with your backup quarterback. Ask the Vikings. You definitely don't win with the third string, and you – God damn, definitely don't fucking win with a guy off the couch. Right. So and you, for you me, know what? The brand, yeah, you said it. Nick Chubb, two guards, corners. Like it just was not meant to be. And they won 11 games. You know what? Matthew Berry on NBC, who's like their fantasy expert, he said before the game when they were going around, they were making their picks. He picked Houston to win. And he said, Look, um, this has been the year of the backup quarterback, but it always comes to an end. And he goes, so with that being said, I think this is where it comes to an end for Cleveland. And he couldn't have been it more did. right. You know, it he did, just, he man. could not have been because, because as great as Flacco had been, I know. You want a lot of credit. Go. That's yeah, what I said on Friday. It's literally, why does Matthew Barry get credit for fucking shit? I said on Friday, like <laughs> the fuck <laughs> I said the exact same thing. Like, listen, it's a great run, but with Flacco, no. Like I literally said the same thing, but yeah, hey, go ahead. give me some fucking flowers. I'm right. I'll Cle be right here. <laughs> Cleveland fan, Cleveland fan down there. So you were very enamored with what you got from Joe Flacco this year. Mm -hmm. You bringing him back next year? No, absolutely not. No, okay. Joe Flacco cannot be on the on the Browns roster next year because um, he, you cannot. You you got you put your money into Deshaun Watson. You've not gotten anything out of Deshaun Watson, and you know the first year he missed half the season because of the suspension. Then he mm -hmm. came back and he wasn't very good. Then he mm -hmm. came back this year and he was, he was only average and then he got hurt again. Mm -hmm. And, and so you've got to, you invested in him. You gave him a guaranteed contract. I will tell you that the players love him. The coaches love him. Um, you've got to go all in on Deshaun Watson and you, but I will tell you this, you got to have a real backup quarterback because you have to have a Jacoby Brissett type no. backup quarterback. I'm not saying him. I'm saying you have to have a veteran. Ex uh, how about this? You have to have a Carson Wentz type of backup quarterback that you can count on, you know? You, you can't uh, do that with Joe Flacco? Gardner. You can. You, Gardner Minshew, right. You can, but I, I think Flacco um, had enough success this year that if 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 Watson struggled 
too many people would be calling for Flacco. Nobody's going to be calling for DTR. Nobody's going to be calling for PJ Walker. But there's a chance you can't see. Here's here's where I think you bring Flacco back. You bring him back with the understanding, hey man, it's not your job. It's his job. Now, if he gets hurt, that's why you're here. But other than that, it's up to him. You support him. You make him the best quarterback you can. You give him some of your wisdom. You give him some of your knowledge, your Super Bowl acumen. You pour all that into him. And if you don't want to do that, let us know. No, no, we'll you bring someone else in. You, you make a good case. I mean, because he's 39 years old. And just to have a job um, for a team that he likes being with, you and know, and, couch. And, and, and dude, I, I, you make a good case. You do. I, my if case I'm Joe is Flacco, I, I'm, I'm out. I'm going to go and be go, a starter somewhere else. No, I don't. Nah, think so. nah. There's no starting job. And I'm going to go sit on the couch until someone needs a starter. Why would I go to camp? Why would I go to training camp? Why would I go do all this bullshit? Money. No, money. I'll just wait. But he he's just got $4 million for playing six games. Yeah, he's not going to get that much money. I mean, I mean, maybe yeah. if they say to him, hey, look, we'll give you a $4 million a year backup quarterback job. Yeah. Maybe. But I he, I don't think Flacco plays for the money now because he got the, enough. The starter gets hit never have enough. as well. Mm. Well, you can never have enough. The starter gets hit. And as, as, I would rather get my four million and not get hit rather than get eight million and get hit. <laughs> well, I gotta I have this could probably be a whole segment later in the week, but I had a vision. Oh. And I think it works, man. I think it works. What are you about? I to think say? your I think your boy needs a lateral movement with the the full position of offensive coordinator, but with all play calling duties. He needs mm-hmm. to be in the spotlight as a play caller. Yep, agreed. He needs an established quarterback with like a good team and like a team that's on their way up. He can't go right. all the way to the bottom. You can't go right. all the way. You no, can't do whatever the enemy did. No, you cannot you, no, do that. No, that's the worst thing that you could possibly do is go right. somewhere like that. Okay. Where you go, there's one and Brown, are you going to love it? I think Chicago. They already got a defensive coach. He's not going to fuck with you. He's not going to, he's not going to tell you what to do on offense. I think you need that kind of position where there's Here's a coach who's defensive minded. And you got a quarterback there, and you got a bunch of shit there, and you are going to have full autonomy on the offense because the coach is a defensive coach. That I'm not saying Chicago specifically, but I am saying Chicago specifically because I think it he has everything that they that yeah what he has everything I would, that he what, needs. What I would text say, him. I said that go okay. to Chicago. I would say this: there's going to be some trepidation about him coming there because they just had a Green Bay Packer offensive you know brain running that offense. And he looked like he was in on the take for Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Van Pelt's going to be that way. But what I would say, the Chicago Bear offensive coordinator job is a rocket ship to a head coach job. All you have to do is go, regardless. Now, if they bring in Caleb Williams, all bets are off. But if they keep Justin Fields and you're Alex Van Pelt, you go in there and you look good enough, it's your job now. Because mm-hmm. Iberflu's on a one-year deal. And if you can turn Justin Fields around when the previous person couldn't, this is the easiest way to be a head coach the following year. And I know some people may be afraid of that job because it's a one-year situation, but it's a rocket ship to a starting head coaching job on your own. If you can go in there and just say, hey, man, what are you good at? Let's just do that. Whatever that is, we're going to do whatever you want to do offensively because it'll work. The problem is people try to make him into something he's not. They didn't do that to Lamar Jackson. You didn't do that to the Josh Allen. Don't turn these dudes into quarterbacks. Use them while you have them. And if Van Pelt can do that, he'll be there for a year, and he'll be head coaching somewhere else. I think we'll bring him on the show here soon. We will. I'm going to text him today and see but if I don't, he's ready I don't think he got that, that lateral move, man. That's a tightrope. Yeah. 
No, you can't. That, you, 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 you cannot do what Eric Bieniemy did. Eric Bieniemy made a major mistake. He can't. No, I don't think he, I don't, again, I, though, dude. You can't. You can't stay. He'll, he'll never get credit. He'll never get yeah. credit. He'll never be a head coach like that. I know. Well, never. that's why. Listen, you you hear all these names being tossed around. You never hear his name. Never. I've never heard and, it. And, and, other and than on this and show. And it's a terrible shame because when you when you keep a team together the way those guys did, um, who's who's responsible for that? You know, who gets part of the credit for that? So, all right, listen, we got to go. We're out of here. Let's all go enjoy the rest of these games, uh, especially the night game. And uh, we're back tomorrow. We'll talk about the two games that happened today. And we'll start. I mean, listen, this is going to be a crazy couple of weeks. Stick around uh, because tomorrow's going to be another great show. Peace out, everybody.